This episode is sponsored by Enriched Superfoods. Enriched is my go-to store for the most powerful, most pure superfoods on the plain et. They've got all the good stuff from maca to matcha, from shilajit to powdered greens. But you know what I love the most? I love the mushrooms. Now I know what most of you are thinking, get on with the show, right? But I know what else you're thinking. You're thinking, how can I get better at strangling people? Us jiu-jitsu guys, we're all the same. We want to be better, we want to be badder. Well, being better requires two things, learning more stuff and being able to execute more stuff. And Enriched has got you covered with what I'm calling the white basement jiu-jitsu super stack. First is lion's mane mushroom to supercharge memory, focus and clarity and even better, give a neurotrophic boost literally helping you grow new jiu-jitsu brain cells. Now, a jiu-jitsu super brain is all well and good, but if you can't execute on the mat, then it don't mean jack. That's why the second half of the super stack is the legendary Cordyceps CS4 mushroom extract, scientifically proven to offer heroic levels of stamina and energy, as well as improved lung function, actually helping you breathe better while you stop other people from breathing at all. Go to enriched.co, that's E-N-R-I-C-H-D.co, and use the promo code WhiteBasementPod for a 10% discount across the whole site. Want to get more taps in more rounds and more respect from more people? Then get super stacked. Go to enriched.co and use the promo code WhiteBasementPod. Yeah, after COVID, he's sort of like... He never, he's never done this before. He's like, do you want to roll? Call me out. It's like, okay, yeah, all right. There's a change, there's definite change. Like, yeah, all right then. And one of my favourite positions is knee on belly, north-south, you know, just just a bit, bit of meanness. Um, and, he, and I was kind of, you know, I was fairly passive with him. And he, and he, but he got to knee on belly and I could see there was a real, I could feel there was a change, like, oh, okay, it's like that, is it? So, right, okay, so I'm going to have to, like, put it up a gear and I'm going to have to go a little bit more spiteful with you. You know, he's my son and I love him. And, um, but it's, you know, it's good. We have good roles now. He's tough. He's strong. He's got good footwork as well. Because um, uh, my wife is a dance teacher. So, uh, yeah, he's got really good footwork. So, yeah, when, he, when, he, when I teach him, like, guard passes and stuff like that, he's like, yeah, he's good. He's good. Nice. So, yeah, there's a real change. And he'll get me. He'll get me one day. But it'll be a while yet. It'll be a while. <laughs> That's uh, the the uh, the gauntlet has been laid. Yeah, Lewis abs- is that his name? Lewis, yes. Lewis, if yeah, you're listening, yeah, yeah. Your <laughs> dad yeah. just laid down yeah. the gauntlet. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the White Basement Podcast. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at White Basement Pod. Uh, it's the best place to keep up with the podcast. And um, if you enjoy this episode. Listen to another one and share them with people because it helps us out. Uh, today I'm joined by Dominic Walsh. Um, he has started recently Militia Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in, um, near Broxbourne. Where, yeah, that's where right. That's in Nazing. Nazing near Broxbourne, near Broxbourne yeah. uh, which is near where I work actually. And now uh, we connected through Instagram after the coffee episode we did, which is episode 20. So if you want to find out about coffee, go and listen to episode 20. And um, yeah, you uh, you're also a coffee uh, lover. Uh, well, more more so now. Yeah, it's uh, 
your your podcast has changed my uh, yeah and my, a, and a, and a fisherman <laughs> yes and yeah and so Dominic um, fact checked me on my catfish uh, right. <laughs> what yeah. a catfish yeah. eat so yeah before we start talking let me just say welcome to the Thank podcast you. Oh, that's brilliant really really nice to be here a um, little bit bit of warmth in the air there's there's a little bit of uh, spring yeah, is on the it's, way it's right? getting there yeah so. Yeah, nice to be here. Beautiful day. Yeah, it's excellent. Yeah, so so um, well, let's let's start off. I mean, how often uh, I start these off is just like getting a bit of history. Yeah. Um, and and you know, I'm kind of a BJJ guy as well as general stuff. So maybe if you can talk a bit about your martial arts sort of journey and how you got up to opening militia. Sure. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I, I started quite late um, in my martial arts sort of journey. Um, I, I did do like sort of everyone sort of, um, you know, plays around a little bit when they're younger. I did a bit of kickboxing, sort of karate stuff with some mates, but you know, you do it for a couple of weeks. Um, you get interested in alcohol and women and, um, the, the kind of martial arts sort of falls by the wayside, like a lot of things. Um, and, and there's not real, that kind of, you know, when you, you're in a football team, there's not there's that real sort of camaraderie and stuff like that, and you go out on beers at the weekend. There was never anything like that with, um, you know, going to a kickboxing or a karate club. Not back in those days, anyway. Um, so I, you know, I've done numerous sports over the years: um, football, rugby, basketball, cricket. Played for you know teams, school teams, all sorts. Um, I was very lucky as well. I lived in. Um, a college. My my mum and dad worked in a, a kind of public school. It's a big public school called Haleybury. Some people may have heard of it. Um, and you know, it was like just acres and acres of space, um, cricket fields, um, you know, rugby pitches. My dad worked in the sports centre. He was the manager in an evening. So I did everything like fencing, archery, badminton. You name it, I did it. And um, sort of. But I never really kind of stuck at one thing. Like football, yes, I did quite a lot of football. Um, Saturday and Sunday league, you know, that sort of regular stuff. Never a real high standard, but, you know, I was all right. You know, I was a centre half and I was fairly, you know, fairly sturdy, I guess, at the back. Um, so I, I did football up until about the age of 32, I think. Um, and then I, I kind of had a few ups and downs in my life um and um and, and like football just came to a bit of a head various sort of arguments with you know managers and stuff like that and i just i just knocked it on the head um and, and also um at the time a, a friend of mine died as well so I, I was in a bit of a bad sort of space and i just sort of quit everything um and also getting up on a saturday and sunday morning you know, it's a bit tough sometimes when it's uh, freezing cold outside and you're warm in bed. Um, so I gave up football, 32. Um, and then I started doing some running. I thought, right, I need to do something because, you know, you start piling on the timber a little bit. Um, so I started doing a bit of running just to kind of keep the timber at bay. And, and also, you know, I, I know people had sort of spoken to me about how good it is for anxiety. I went through a little bit of an episode, I'm not going to lie. Um, and you know, it helped me sort of focus a little bit more. I hate running, absolutely hate it, <laughs> but I thought, right, I'll do it and, you know, keep, keep the timber at bay. Um, and yeah, and I just, I kind of did a couple of 10 Ks and I did the marathon, London marathon. It's horrible. Hated it. Um, 
but I wanted, I always wanted to do it, even though I was never a runner. I'm not the build for a runner. You know, I'm like 82 kilos and I've always been sort of there or there about that, that sort of weight. Um, so yeah, did the marathon, kind of pleased I did it. Um, and then I, I like, right, I need to do something else really. And then I started watching UFC, like we all do, right? And we, we were sort of talking about this earlier. You, you watched UFC 1. Um, I started watching, I don't, I don't know what, what um, number it was, what UFC. Um, but I remember watching Rich Franklin. He was, he, was like, he was like the real deal at the time, you know, solid. You Ace know. Ventura. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Rich Franklin, your Tito Ortiz, Chuck Liddell. So that was when I started getting into it. And I was like, oh, I saw this stuff. This is, this is cool, man. Um, so I thought, you know what, I'm going to go and do MMA. Um, so obviously you do the thing, you Google MMA. And um, I found a place in Welling, um, which isn't too far from me, called Bushing, where I now teach at as well. Um, and I started doing MMA, judo. Um, there's a judo coach there. He does a little bit of Brazilian jiu-jitsu, not too much, but mainly judo. And James, who teaches the Thai kickboxing there still. Um, so I did some stand-up, very good coach. Um, did quite a few sort of interclubs um, and also like grapple and strike tournaments, etc. So it's like it's like cage fighting, but not in a cage. Um, and it's, it's generally sort of B category. So you can punch in the face when you're standing up. And then if you get taken down to the floor, it's like no punching in the face because, uh, you know, you don't want to you don't want that smoke. Um, and then to sort of, sort of finalise my MMA journey, I did a cage fight. I always wanted to do a cage fight. And um, yeah, I did one up in Peterborough. And uh, three of us from the same club from Bushing went up. There was a guy called Steve. Um, I think it was another guy, I can't remember. I think it was either Stuart or James Tomlinson. I apologise for, for um, if I get the name wrong. Um, and we all went up there. So we were on home, their home territory, right? Their home turf. And um, yeah, so I think it was Stuart or, or James first. I can't remember his name. He won by triangle. So brilliant. And it was quite a, you know, the energy there was like pretty, pretty intense because we were on their home turf. Um, so he'd won first. And then uh, Steve came on. He's a little karate guy, quick, quick dude. Um, and he, he, hammered this guy eventually good fight really good fight and hammered this guy so I was like shit man like two out of three Pressure. so far fucking hell and I was like like the penultimate fight I think something like that so like, Christ this is this is you know it's intense and um, I'd already like when we'd done the weigh in and stuff like that I'd seen the guy that you know in the morning I'd eyeballed him you know giving him the you know the stern eyeballs um, and every time he looked at me he looked away and I, and I was in good shape. I was really good shape at the time. I think I weighed in 78 kilos. Um, and I, every time I looked at him, when I was looking at him on the, you know, the weigh-in, um, even when he walked into the cage, I was just, I was just eyeballing him. I'm, I'm going to fuck you up, right? And um, yeah, did I? I won. You know, that, the cut a long story short. Um, and then, like from from then on, I sort of started drifting more into jujitsu. Um, I just found it was like the way I wanted to go. Um, you know, getting kicked and punched in the face, it's not, it's not nice, right? We, we want to stay pretty. Um, and then, yeah, I, I sort of spoke to James, my, my kickboxing coach, and said, look, this is what's happening. You know, I'm, I'm drifting more into Brazilian jiu-jitsu, so I'm, I'm going to quit what I'm doing now, MMA. And um, I joined BJJ Hertfordshire, uh, who it was under a guy called Enzo Vullo at the time. Um, he's since retired, lovely guy. 
Um, and he was under Alon Sequeira, who you may have heard of as well. Um, so did obviously that's where I've been ever since. And we've kind of transitioned, you know, from sort of club to club. Um, and yeah, we're now at Militia, which is great, which we've set up um, myself, Dom, another guy called Dom and uh, Matt as well. We set it up last February, so it's nearly our year anniversary. Yeah, so do you say later this month is a, is a year? Yes, 17th. So we got the keys on the 8th, um, and then we yeah, li literally looked at the um, the timeline on my Instagram the other day, and it was the 17th was our first. Right. We opened the doors, did our first class. I did the first class. Um, yeah, so like really, really good. Like so, so pleased how it's gone, because you, you're just like... Um, yeah, it's unknown, really. It is unknown, and, and I think as well, you know, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of clubs now, right? Mm. They're, they're, yeah, a lot absolutely. of people are opening up. So, yeah. you know, like we were saying before, when I the, the first class I went to was Eddie Cones in Dawson, yeah. and there was there was nothing else. Mm. I mean, I can remember Nick Brooks um, telling me when when he started training, you know, he would drive three hours here because there Jeez. was some guy who was a blue belt. Yeah who, you know, that would they would just rent a hall space and train for three hours and they'd show them a triangle or whatever. That's crazy. And then they'd have to go to Birmingham because there was some guy who, he was a wrestler, but he'd been to Brazil for three weeks and he would show them an arm bar. Yeah, yeah. You know, there yeah. was like sort of nothing. But now, you know, there, there's a lot of um, a lot of clubs. So, you know, to to, to sort of be up and running in a, in a year and, and for it to be... Um, growing is great, and um, you said that mainly you'd sort of started with with a fresh, sort of new, yeah. students. Yes. So, so what actually? What what I wanted to ask you because, you know, in my in in some of my mind rambling, you know, thoughts that I have sometimes, you know, I've I've, I've thought I wonder what it would be like to set up a club and how you go about, you mm. know, the, the first lesson and the first students and what do you say to them? And so, what's what what was that sort of experience like of day one and first class? What do you say? How do you introduce it? How well, does it how does it build? We we were all instructors anyway when we were at Rogue um, Jiu Jitsu before. We we were all instructors there. Um, so we knew what we were doing, you know, we're teaching good stuff, you know, getting good feedback. Um, so, you know, we left, we didn't want any skull drug or we weren't, weren't going to poach anyone. We we're very clear about that. Um, and I still got a lot of respect for my old instructor. Um, so, you know, we, we just, we, we kind of had a bit of a clean sheet really, um, at, with regards to, you know, bringing in new students. We knew a few people would come over, um, but you know, we, we, we didn't want to go, oh God, you know, come over to us to us and stuff like that because, you know, we don't we didn't want that. We wanted to, you know, keep keep things, you know, good. Um so yeah, we knew what we, we were teaching was 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 good stuff. Um and we've all got different styles as well. Um so Dom, the other Dom as um I would say the other Dom is clear, right? <laughs> um he's he's like real pressure game, horrible. If he gets you in mount, it's it's disgusting, right? Um, Matt, really dynamic, very, very good. Like he, he should be black belt. He's, he's, he's phenomenal. Like his movement, his flexibility, he's just, just brilliant. I, I've tapped him like about once or twice in my. So you guys are all on brown belts. All, uh, my, myself and Matt are on brown belts. Dom's on purple belt, but right. he's been on purple belt for like five years. Yeah. Like, it, I mean, if like, you move clubs, you kind of yeah, yeah. This, this stay is there, the thing. right? This yeah. is the thing. He's yeah. He he should be brown belt by far. But you know, that's that's up to our instructor, obviously, to to kind of you know figure that out. Um, 
so yeah, we've got different styles and mine's a bit of sort of pressure, um, you know, and a little bit, you know, I can, I can still move. I'm, you know, 46, I can still move a bit. Um, so yeah, we, we've all got different styles and that, that kind of like, it, it just resonates really well with our, with our members, you know, our students. Um, because, you know, sometimes you, you find that um, an instructor will teach his style of jujitsu and let's say he's like really dynamic, he's really quick. You know, you might if you're teaching it like a 40, 50 year old, oh, I can't pick that stuff up, you know. Um, so what we find is we've got, you know, like we've got some older generation guys and they love like, you know, the pressure stuff. Then you're not going to teach them like Baron Bolos and stuff like that. Um, and then obviously we've got some youngsters and they like all the cool stuff like flying arm bars and things like that. Um, but you've got to teach the fundamentals first. That's something that we're very um, vocal about, you know, learning your fundamentals, learning the basics, escapes, guard pass, guard retention, and then start to put on all the bells and whistles and things like that afterwards. So have you sort of, did you build yourself or you already had like a rough syllabus of stuff um, you you want to you sort of cycle through to cover? Yeah, funnily enough, we we sort of um, we started off teaching sort of this kind of set. We, we we weren't really in in a, in a great synergy to start. I'm not going to lie, you know, our synergy wasn't great, but we we were teaching you know good stuff, basic stuff. Um, and now this year we've sort of we haven't published a syllabus, but we've kind of we've now written out a syllabus myself and Matt. So Dom teaches the basics, the beginners. He does like Wednesdays and Sundays. Um, he teaches the beginners, so like real, you know, basic stuff, side control, full mount, you know, back take, that sort of stuff. And then Matt and I will work on, you know, whether it be sort of three weeks or four weeks of a particular um, concept. So at the moment, working collar sleeve, attacks, defense, sweeps, you know, all of that sort of stuff, setting up the collar sleeve. Um, last month, we did arm bars. And what we found now as well, so we were, we're working more, uh, we're, we're teaching less. So I think we've all been, we've all made mistake, mistakes before as instructors um, and we've taught too much. You know, sometimes you can teach too much. And if you're, you know, if you're teaching four or five techniques in a class, it's too, it's too much. You know, yeah, because yeah. what I always say to my, my students, um, I say, if you can go out of here and you can remember one thing really well, you know, I don't give a shit if you drill that for the whole lesson. If I move on to the second technique and you've not learned the first one correctly, just drill the first one. Just get it right. And then once you're ready, move on to the second one. Because otherwise you'll walk out of it and you what the what the hell happened there, you know? Make sure, so now we're, at the start we do, we sort of transition. So, so obviously we're doing collar sleeve at the moment, but we do loads of drills at the start. So arm bar swings, just to kind of like, it's almost like a, a transition from the month before. So armbar swings from mountain guard. And then we go into straight into like collar sleeve technique. How do you get to collar sleeve? What's the setup? What the what the details? Like just get them to set that up first. And then, okay, this is a basic sweep from collar sleeve. And this is what happens if they do this. Two sweeps I did yesterday from collar sleeve. That was it. It's an hour and a half class. And and everyone like is you know they I think they well they we've had good feedback. Yeah, it's it's interesting because when I when I first started training, so I I trained probably like four five six months um, at, at um, Eddie's and I got injured, I had to stop. Mm. But they already it was a, a relatively quite an advanced 
group. So there was mostly blue belts, purple belts, I think maybe a couple of brown belts there. Um, and I just found it so difficult to even conceptualize what I was supposed to be doing. Mm. So, you know, maybe my first class was, you know, like ex-guard and then something. I was like, That's I don't crazy. even know what a guard is, yeah. let alone an ex-guard. Like what my good position I want to get to is lying on my back underneath someone with their foot next to my head. <laughs> this, this right. Yeah. But, you know, I think it, it's really... Um, it's really quite a difficult art to teach, mm. I, I think, um, because it's so. It has so many components in terms of the the dynamic side, the gripping side, mm. the sort of balance and posture, and the different positions and the different transitions and and all of this stuff. And I I'm I'm still. I'm still yet to see or experience or understand or resolve in my head what's the optimum way to teach. Yeah. So when I when I went back and trained and started at Mill Hill, I was trying to speak to Nick uh, Brooks and Ed and say to them, "Can can can I like pay for a couple of hours of private time, but just to like pick your brain about?" What's the best way to learn? Like, mm. what's the most efficient way to learn? Um, which, you know, I think I think both of them kind of looked at me like, you know what, it's yeah. like like white belt. It's like, bro, <laughs> just just come to class. Yeah, that's it. All Do right, more jujitsu. Come to class. That's right? it. That's, and you realise yeah. after a couple of years, you're yeah. like. You know what I needed to do? Yeah. Just go to class. The amount of times I've been asked that by white belts, what do I need to do to get better? Just say, come to more come, classes. Come just, more. Just do more. And, do and once a week. More. Yeah, that's it. So, so one of the things that Ed said when Ed was was on, because um, Ed, Ed's background is very, he's a clinical psychology oh, background, okay. right? Yeah. He was going to be a research psychologist, mm. scientist, and then decided it's better to roll around on the floor than <laughs> work at a university. Is, is fucked up, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, We've had just fuck other people's ears. <laughs> yeah, up. true. Yeah, um, but but he he said um, that one of the main sort of uh, um, theories or, or components that he uses is um, like learning stuff against active resistance. Mm. That's just at the level where if you get it, you got it but you can get it. Yes. So, you know, for example, if, you, if you're trying to teach like a Toriander pass or whatever, that your partner makes it sufficiently difficult that you know if you got it, it worked. Yeah. But you can actually get it a few times in a five-minute drill yeah. rather than they just defend so well that you never actually yeah. learn it. You've, you've got, you need really good training partners mm. to have that balance where when you go for something, the resistance and the movement and everything is realistic. Yeah. Um, because, you know, what he was saying was in terms of drilling, effectively what he said was drilling is a waste of time. Once you understand the movement, I put my left hand here, put my right hand here, I move my hips here, mm. and then I go clockwise or whatever. Yeah. Once you understand, drilling is a waste of time yeah. because you're never going to have a passive... Have to put that sitting, resistance yeah, in, right? you need Yeah, you need something there. And the other thing that he said, which I found really helpful, was um, that effectively a good concept to teach for beginners and and you know even for me i was like yeah actually i need to always remember that is is all you're learning is a route to the back mm. yeah so we start from 
nowhere near each other. We come on the mat, we bump hands, whatever, and I want a route to your back. Yeah, yeah. I want to choke you that's, out. That's jujitsu, right? It, yeah. Along the way, I might get something or something happens or whatever, but effectively, I'm trying to put you in a worse position and yeah. me in a better position. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I find it still, um, I find still sometimes, you know, I'm training and then I realize like after a month, like you've learned nothing. Like you're just <laughs> kind of yeah, <laughs> turning yeah. up so, and, sometimes and doing stuff. People make, you know, obviously I t train with Dan, Strauss, our black belt um, at the resistance on a Monday and some of the guys up there. And, you know, sometimes you roll with these guys, you know, fucking like, you know, I just feel like, okay, I'm getting fucked up again like every week. And I, and I, I consider myself, you know, half, I'm 46, nearly 47. I consider myself, you know, not bad for my age, you yeah. know, brown belt. And um, then you roll with someone, you're like, oh, Jesus Christ, like I just got Yeah, Dan's a different yeah, yeah, no, yeah, animal. Yeah. Do you know what, like going back to the... Um, how you teach as well. Um, so I've noticed it more, obviously, since we've had Dan as our black belt. Um, obviously, done a few seminars with him in the past. And I, I, I obviously, like, view videos and stuff like that online. Also, Mikey Musumeshi stuff as well. And they really break down body mechanics, which I think is really important to jiu-jitsu. It's not just, like, grab someone here and fucking yank them, right? Well, why are you grabbing them like that? And what are you doing to shift the arm across? Are you just using brute, brute strength? It will work for some people, right? But if you, that struck, so Dom, me Dom against the same Dom, okay? Same strength, blah, blah, blah. So if I've got a better understanding of body mechanics and the technique, I'm going to beat the yes. same Dom. Right? Yes, so it's exactly. Just understanding that. Yeah. And, and again, like Dan, you know, when he does his seminar, he teaches like one position and two or three techniques and it's two two three hours and it's brilliant like everyone comes away from it and they're just like yeah this this is like this is amazing like you know and and you can see them start to put it into their sparring as well you know we we did we had dan down for our seminar um at our club um in the summer and um he taught um side control to get to the howdy position and like you know a week after it, people were going, oh, yeah, I've got a howdy position. And, like, it, it, you know, it's generally, like, it makes you happy. Yeah. You know, it's like, that's cool. Like, I'm really pleased there. And, and, it, it, and it means that it works. Yeah, when you I, learn something and then you're able to, yeah. in active sparring, yeah. get it, it's very satisfying. Yes, yeah, yeah. indeed. And, and I think it's just the way, you know, you break it down like that. You know, why do I grab the arm like that? Why do I... Why do I use my foot like that to, to, to manipulate the arm to one side? Well, because it makes it weaker. You make the arm weaker, it's easier to yeah. pull it away from the body and then it's easier to submit or to sweep someone. Um, yeah, so that's, I think that's really vital to, to teaching good yeah, technique. I, I, wonder, I wonder actually whether, just you know, thinking about what you were saying earlier about you know, spending maybe a month on mm. doing side control or arm bars from certain positions or whatever, I wonder whether maybe there's almost a, a um, like a way to so you so you maybe spend your month mm. going through one or two techniques per class, and then the the last class of that thing is almost like a seminar. Yeah. So you would do you would then cover everything. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Go start yeah. from here. We're going to do this for five minutes, which yeah. was eight weeks ago, seven weeks ago, six weeks ago, whatever, and you yeah. know, sort of put it all together. So then you've got a package which maybe that can be filmed, mm. goes up on your website or whatever. That's cool. So now once every, whatever, two months, there's that reference video two yeah. hours long with like the, the whole thing. Because yeah. you, you do need that kind of 
refresher you know yes. to come back to it a little bit yeah because i you know i find s- certainly and and this i used to find this with kung fu because i did kung fu for about i don't know maybe like seven eight years but f- like three four times a week so that when we would go back and and redo something even even if i'd done it you know two years ago or three years ago or whatever it, it really reinforced it the second time round. yeah and and you know in the I suppose in the rotation of normal classes that might take you a year or two mm. before you go back and do the arm yeah. bars again. So you know if if there would be some way to to just do that repetition after two months yeah. or a month or whatever, that might also help to to kind of solidify it in your head because there's so much stuff. As soon as you move yeah, on to the yeah. next thing, you realise oh I don't I don't play that anymore. You, you forget what way more than you remember you, you know but I, th- I think it's it's also up to the individual um you know what works for you because i might teach i'm not taught berimbola i'm not going to teach that to my students at the moment until they're a bit you know blue or purple or something like that and you know it's not going to work for everyone because you know 40 50 year old man isn't going to berimbola i still do i can still can right yeah. um so yeah you, you just got to be a bit sort of mindful of what you're teaching to your students you know? yeah and and so another thing that's that I've, I was uh, interested that you said right at the beginning about the running and the anxiety. Mm. So um, another thing that we've talked about, we've we've talked on a couple of podcasts about anxiety, mm. about sort of stress and stress of life or particular events yeah. or whatever. And um, I think it's a, it's actually an incredibly common thing. Mm. Um, because I've had I've had like you know long episodes of like really bad anxiety, yeah. um, and that actually probably the, the 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 longest one the main one was after after I stopped training the first time because of the neck right. injury, because okay. I started thinking like I'm something wrong like I've. Yeah collapsed my carotid arteries or like i was every, yeah, everything yeah, I was yeah you google it and like you, yeah yeah you're, you're dying right dizzy and everything <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah so i was i went i had two mris i had heart scans like all kinds of stuff everything you know come and it's normal it's normal you know, you, you start turning up to the gp and you can see that face like oh for fuck's sake <laughs> this geezer's back again and i say to her you know look i know i know what you're gonna say yeah, to yeah. me but i just wanted to check yeah, this. I know, I know like, the fear. there's nothing wrong with yeah me. that's it but so, so one of the the when I when I started back at jujitsu, which was six years ago now, it was um, I still was sort of really struggling with it, but I was like, "Fuck it, I'm just going back anyway." Mm. And um, because of the sort of um, you know, like I'm I'm probably the opposite to you in terms of athletics, right? Mm. I was like the last picked for everything, and then even then they were like, "You don't actually have to play. Like if you yeah. want to just sit on the side, yeah. that's fine." Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I've had like loads of injuries and, you know, not, not really a physical specimen. And so because of how intense jujitsu is, because I was like, I'm just going to start rolling all the time. Like, yeah. that's, I think that's how I'm going to get better. And obviously, like your joints are sort of growing and my fingers were growing yeah. and everything. But my diaphragm started sort of getting like cramping it from oh being under side control and yeah. all of these things. And started like having these like little sort of spasms. Yeah. And I was like, I'm having a heart attack. Yeah, this yeah, must yeah. be a heart attack. So I went to the doctor. The doctor's like, this is not what you get with a heart attack. I'm like, but it's it's like yeah, near. Yeah. I'm dying. And I'm, they're I've like, Googled it, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, but it's near, but it's not yeah. that. And but the thing is, it was getting so bad. So so when I um 
when I when I went back to train, I, I said, like, I don't want to compete. I'm not going to compete. I'm not interested in competing. I always found, like, um, competition very stressful, like, mm. really would get really yeah, nervous yeah, about it, yeah. too much adrenaline, whatever. So I was like, I'm not, it's not, not for me. And but the first competition I did was the English Open. Wow! So basically, that was my, you know what? That was mine as well. Was I did, it? Uh, yeah, that was yeah, my first comp. Well, because yeah. as an older athlete, yeah. you're, it's like there's someone in your weight, yeah, your it. belt. You, yeah. Usually, they go, "Do you want to fight a twenty-year-old hundred kilos?" Like, not really. Yeah, no, no, you're right. <laughs> yeah. So, but it was getting so yeah. bad, and it was literally the last day to sign up. Mm. So I think English Open is like November time. Yeah, but yeah, like it's mid mid November. Yeah, so, so it November, was probably yeah. like the first week of November, and I looked, and it was like sign up midnight tonight. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to either go and die on the mat of a heart attack or I'm not. And yeah. if I don't, then, uh, you know, to my to my subconscious, you need to shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're going to fight and Just, die or we're not going to die. Yeah, that's it. Just do it. And that was that was why I went to compete because I was, uh, you know, and this is this is something that I've... I've um, I've talked about, and I think maybe you know you you might you might find the experience is similar because of what you said about the running. Mm. Is that it can be very difficult um, with anxiety to silence the that that voice yeah. that's kind of yeah. bugging you, that's telling you, oh, you got to worry about this or what yeah. if that or whatever, whatever. And and the and the physical and mental and emotional effort that goes into training hard in mm. anything but i think jiu-jitsu particularly because you've got to be fully like there in the moment yeah. i find that that really quiets my mind yeah like I after i finish rolling i'm peaceful peaceful yeah it I might take me a day or whatever and then the voice like starts coming again but I, I don't know whether you have this similar kind of experience with it I, I don't get anxious so much in in terms of competing yeah I mean get a little bit everyone gets anxious competing but mine was more sort of stress related to work you know I, I had I worked in some big agencies and uh, creative agencies so you know fairly stressful deadlines stuff like that um, so a lot of my anxiety kind of came from that really. It was never about, you know, if I sign up for a competition, I, yeah, I'm going to get anxious, but you know, I'm not to the, like to the point where I'm going to pull out. Um, so if I've got, you know, panic, a couple of panic attacks at work and stuff like that, and I go, I force yourself to go to jujitsu a couple of times that it happened and you get to jujitsu five minutes gone, forgotten, you know, whether you're just trying to strangle your mate or you're drilling or he's trying to strangle you, or you just chat to someone. That's that's the brilliant thing, I think, with jiu-jitsu. It's such a nice sort of camaraderie, brotherhood, you know, go down it. And, and once you suffer something like that, you know, anxiety, depression, whatever, um, you you figure out how many other people have got it. You know, oh, yeah, I've had that as well. Yeah, you need to do this, and you need to, you know, go for a walk. Or just talk about the weather, you know. If you're, you fucking, if you're having a panic, oh, did you watch the football yesterday? And, like... Once you start talking, that that's gone. So, um, I'm I'm pretty good nowadays. Like I, I'm not going to say jujitsu saved my life, but it certainly helped. Um, it's a focus, you know. It's a focus on, you know, getting away from all that stress in your life. Um, it's good fun, you know. It's what's better than rolling around with, you know, other sweaty men. Sounds a bit weird, but you know, it it, it just it's just good fun. It's it's yeah. it's very sort of like that caveman kind of instinct of just having a bit of a bundle with your mates you yeah know? well it's good. I, I think i think i mean that the, the caveman thing definitely but the, the thing that i that i've talked about a little bit before also is um 
it, it's it's actually kind of like when you're a kid as well, because you know if you take two five year olds and you put them in a room and you say I'm going to be back in ten minutes, they're going to wrestle. They're right? going to wrestle. Yeah, it's going to take them twenty seconds to look at each other and then they're going to be rolling around. <laughs> so you know, for me again, it, it's sort of um, it, I think it keeps you young mm. because it is a it's a natural child play yeah. kind of um, idea. And, and this was something that my osteopath um, has, has talked to me about a few times, that he often prescribes in terms of um, prehab, rehab, um, infant development exercises. Yeah. So, so literally getting up off the floor and then getting back down on the floor again. Right. Starting on your hands and knees, rolling onto your back and yeah. then getting back onto your hands and knees again. Okay. Literally infant development. Right. So, yeah. you know... Babies are supposed to crawl around, you know, yeah. for a long time because if they stand up too quickly, their hips don't develop yes, and all yes. of that stuff. So, you know, and 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 I think, you know, with with jujitsu, it's um, you're literally doing that. You're yeah. rolling around from your back onto your knees, standing up, getting back on the floor again. And and I think one of the um, one of the the tests, one of the measures that they use with people as they get older in terms of kind of their their sort of age score for want of a better word in inverted commas is how easily can you get off the floor so if you take an 80 year old and you lie them flat on the floor three minutes later they're still trying to get up whereas if you take a two-year-old or maybe a three-year-old one you tell them chocolate cake one second later they're in the kitchen (laughs) i'll be i'll be having that time yeah chocolate cake i'm on it (laughs) so so you know i think i think it it has that that sort of benefit as well in terms of it's a it's a childlike physical pattern that you are that you are practicing and also the other things that i think that that i have have felt to be kind of um overlooked but but really important is that a lot of people in especially especially over the last three four years but you know in 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 more modern society a lot of people don't have much physical contact you may not have a relationship you may not have kids you quite possibly working from home mm. or you're remote or you're in the car driving, you see someone for half an hour, you're in the car again. So so being able to have literally like the Brazilians kind of say, like we're just hugging each other, but literally yeah. having physical contact, but full body to body yeah. is really important for yeah. people. And a lot of people don't get that. And also um, it, it's grounding. Oh, amazing. It's taking yeah. the electricity, the static yeah. out of your body, you yeah. know, into the mat, into your partner, whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, and I always feel um, after I train, it's a bit like if you go to the beach and you go to the swim in the sea. You know, you get out and you just feel sort of like everything is cleared yeah, from yeah, you. Yeah, cleansed. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. kind of that same. Yeah, it's like feeling. after you've done it, you think actually I can have I can have a pizza. You know, it's yeah, because like, I've I've done the hard work. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We we like. Some of our students, we've got guys that have never done anything like this before. You know, some some kind of older guys. You know, forty five. You know, fifty year olds. Um, and the the change that it's made that like it's that that to me is is so much better than you, you get athletic guys coming. They can just do stuff straight away. Fuckers, right? And um, but like we, you know, we got one guy. Um, I won't mention his name, lovely guy. He won't mind, but um, he's lost like three stone this year since he's been with us. I think he's changed his diet a little bit, but because of jujitsu, he's changed his diet. He wants to be a better person. Um, and he wants to compete. He's going to compete for us next month. You'll probably know he is now if he listens to this, um, but he's going to compete for us. Um, and he said, 
I would have never thought of doing anything like this. You know, he's a big guy. He's lost three stone. I watched him spar yesterday, actually. And he's a big guy. He's 105 kilos. He's losing weight all the time. Um, and he wants to get down to a certain weight for this competition. And it's working. Um, but I watched him roll yesterday. And he's moving well, you know. He's got the, got technique. Um, and we got another guy as well. And he's been with us for a long time. And when he first joined us, he couldn't do a backwards roll. Like, you know, not, not the athletic type. Very nice guy. Um, not particularly sporty, from what I understand. But now, like, he, he's just, like, he's hard work, man. Like, you know, he's hard to tap. Um, yeah, so, and, and that, for me, like, you know, you see these guys and it makes a real change in their life. And they, like, you know, they've got a really nice group. They've got their own little WhatsApp group, little white belt WhatsApps, you know. I think they uh, drink their own tears and stuff like that. <laughs> um <laughs> But yes, um, it's really nice to kind of see that and hear that, you know, the feedback that we get as well is really good. We did a like a, an online uh, feedback thing um, before Christmas saying like, what do you like? What do you don't like? What would you like to see more of? What would like you like to see less of? And, they, you know, it was it was really good. You know, we, we had some good feedback. So really pleased. And how many how many sort of regular members have you got there now? I think we've got... You, you've got classes more or less every day. Yeah, every day. So we're full time. Um Daytimes, evenings, weekends. I think we've probably hit about the 40 mark now um, with kids as well. The kids are a little bit tricky to get as members because like, some of them only do once a week. And I say, look, you know, if you're doing twice a week, you might as well do a membership. Um, we got some really good girls coming through. We've got about sort of five, six sort of, you know, 11, 12-year-old girls. And they're like, they're savages, man, at that age. Like, the boys just, they don't want to spar with them. They're just, they just like... Yeah, I think because yeah. girls, they mature a little bit earlier, they do, right? but so they, they listen. And they, but they get that yeah. sort of intent, yes. right? The boys yeah. are still a bit scattered. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. They're still, they're looking around when you're teaching. I'm like, what, listen to me when I'm talking to you, you know, like, you listen to your instructor. And the girls, they're just, they're just focused. And they still have the, the same, probably, you know, similar strength at that age. I think once you get to sort of like 16, I'll, I'll correct me if I'm wrong, the boys start to develop, a, you know, testosterone and they get stronger. But the girls, like, they're smashing it. They're, they're, we've got some savages on our mats, you know, they're, they're good work, you know. So. Yeah, I remember uh, at Mill Hill, um, Rob Connor um, yeah. taught the kids and the juveniles. Mm. Oh my! I mean, you know, in, in when that was when I started there, so that was that was uh, probably like 18, 2019. They were just winning everything, national, international comps. Like every weekend, there'd just be photos and photos and photos, gold, double gold, triple Savages. gold. Yeah, they were. But I mean, Rob, Rob was harsh. Yeah, I, I remember Reese, his 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 son Reese. Yeah, I've, I've rolled with Reese a few times. He's hard. Rolled with him He's recently. A, yeah, um, not past month or so. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. but you know, because I because I, when I started, I could I could hang with him because he tank, was fourteen right? or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, he was even a little bit smaller yeah. than me, and I and I can remember sort of thinking like every week, like sooner or later, it's coming for you. And then and then COVID happened, mm. so I didn't see him for three four years, and then he turned up at Resistance. And um, it'd be put me to roll with him. And like literally, we, you know, I think I tried to, to take a grip or whatever. Yeah. He just stripped my grip. And you know when you know from that first moment, uh -oh. like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. And then he just he just spent like five, six minutes looking out the window like, do I really have to waste six minutes rolling with this <laughs> fucking guy? You know, it was completely yeah. pointless. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the kids, some of them are, 
phenomenal and they and they learn quickly yeah and the body is is receptive to learning right they actually physically pick up those patterns yeah. really really fast yeah. you know at, at, at the age that i'm at i mean i just turned 50 the other last month for december um you know physically learning new things mm. even if mentally you get them your body's like we understand the concept yeah. but we're not doing that. <laughs> it ain't gonna happen <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's not available anymore Absolutely. yeah yeah i mean it's it's um it is it is lovely to see even though i've i've obviously have have never had a class if if i train with newer guys you know beginners whatever white belts mm. and you see them over a couple of weeks and you see them start getting stuff inspiring that you've showed yeah. them it's a really good feeling yeah it's a good buzz yeah it's really 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 and again, nice like like teaching the kids as well like that that's really rewarding um you know from little we teach from 4 years up um and I teach him well in as well, I teach from four up. Um, and I, t I teach kids with ADHD, Asperger's. Um, and again, like, you know, the kids that aren't necessarily athletic um, or, you know, have problems, um, when they get something, that, that means more to me than anything. Like, you know, you can get a kid that's coming, he does football, rugby, gymnastics, and he comes and he can do it. It's like, yeah, well, okay, you can do it, it's cool. You get a kid that can't necessarily do something, but they the jujitsu just makes their life better and you get feedback from the parents and that, that I, I don't, you know what, I, I don't actually give it, give a shit about the money. It's nice to make a bit of money from jujitsu. Don't get me wrong, but the, the feeling of like, you know, a kid doing something that you taught them and you see them do it inspiring. You're like, Oh, that's, that's cool. That's really cool. And I've had feedback from teachers as well, like school teachers saying, Oh, you know, so-and-so's done, you know, the, the, you know, you have to commend your jiu-jitsu coach because it's actually made a difference, you know, in their in their mindset, not just, you know, the way they move and the way they act, but actually, you know, their mindset. Yeah, I mean, a lot it's of... Discipline. Yeah, a lot of the a lot of Rob's kids, you know, every time I would go, didn't matter what they were there training. Mm. And then they're all straight A students as yeah. well. You know, they, so it, it, it does have that yeah. transfer that they were like, right, I've got 40 minutes to do yeah. maths, right, That's it. bang it yeah, out, get it, it out, get yeah. it done. So do you guys have, um, do you have sort of regular formal gradings or are you more kind of stripe here, stripe Yes, there? no, we do. We have formal ones. I th I, personally, I think that is kind of the way to do it. But, you know, I, I know other clubs do it differently. We may hand out stripes here and there, you know. Um, we've not really done that so much yet. Um, it's nice having formal gradings because it kind of like brings everyone together. So we've got one next week because it's, it's coming up to our year anniversary. Um, so we got yeah we got one next week so we're kind of looking forward to that because that's our second one. Um, so yeah, when when is that? Um, that is Saturday the eleventh is our grading and then our year anniversary is the seventeenth. So we might go out for a few uh, creme de monts or uh, something like that. You know, <laughs> oh mate, creme de mont. <laughs> yeah, back in the day, I used to steal that out of my dad's liquor cupboard. I I've hope got, he doesn't listen to this. I, I've I've I have told this story before, but I've got a. I've got the creme de month is the last time I got drunk. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. And that was probably 25 years ago. Wow. That's how bad it was. Wow. <laughs> wow. It's throwing up green. Yeah. I, I, um, I, I hadn't, I, I have told this story before, but I, I, I'd been not drinking for like six months. You know, I was in the gym. I was yeah. like, right, I'm going to be super clean eating and everything. And I hadn't drunk anything. And, um, we went on a work trip. We had a we had a, a opticians franchise, two franchises, and we went on this work trip to Euro Disney. Mm. And because um, everything was free, I was like, "Fuck okay, it, I'm going to get drunk." <laughs> and I had um, 
I think I had like two beers. I had a glass of white wine, a glass of red wine, and then for some reason I had up. yeah, I had creme de menthe and Bailey's shots, a couple of them. And then I was kind of, you know, buzzing. Yeah. And then we went we went there was like a little club somewhere in the hotel or something, I can't remember. But we went in there and um the guy who owned the whole company, his son was there. And as I said at the time, you know, I thought we were mates. After this night, I realised we weren't mates. <laughs> so we sat at the bar all night doing tequila shots. Yeah. So I, I, I honestly, I must have had maybe 30 shots of tequila. And someone told me later on he was drinking shots of water oh, and getting no. me tequilas. Oh. But anyway, I was so, you know when you get so drunk that you think you're sober? Yeah. So it was like five o'clock in the morning and then four o'clock in the morning, they said, we're closing the bar, you've got to get out, go back to the hotel room. Went back to the hotel room, ordered the hamburger, like a room service, ate it. I was sharing a room with my friend. Couldn't go to sleep because he was snoring so loudly. His alarm goes off at six o'clock in the morning. I was like, thank fuck for that. Like the Euro star back is not till six at night. I was like, that's fine. I'm just going to sleep. He gets up, goes down to get some breakfast or whatever. Literally, I put my head on the pillow and the, someone knocks on the door. And I'm like, who's knocking on the door? Room service. They had booked us early checkout because it's oh, cheaper because no. it's a work thing. So I wasn't even like, I was still drunk. Yeah. I wasn't hung over yet. Oh, and I just, I got up, I threw up everywhere. They dragged me out of the room. And, and basically I had to walk around Euro Disney in the rain for 10 hours just trying to sleep under a bench. Just they a kept waiting. So I was, <laughs> that was the last time I got hammered. Shit, it still, it still put me off getting. I'm not surprised. Drunk until then. Do you know what? As well, like drinking and having a hangover and going to jujitsu the next day. I, I don't drink much. Like I, 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 I can't say I'm teetotal because I have, like, I might have a gin now and again with my mate. Um, but I don't drink. I've never been a drinker. Um, like if you go, if you got a hangover and you go and either teach or you go and roll oh yeah right because it's a, up, effectively it it's a washing machine isn't it? you're going upside down yeah. and round and round yeah. yeah when we went a couple of years ago we went to Isle of Wight because Nick had moved over there during oh, yeah, the lockdown yeah. and he had like a little summer come over have a barbecue we'll put a yeah. mat down and uh, Aiden Aiden Walsh shout out to Aiden mm. um, he I think he'd been on the piss the night before and he came down on the mat he rolled for about five minutes and it's like where's Aiden oh he's over there in the bush he just literally got up and no, went over and just started no. throwing up everywhere <laughs> so yeah it definitely happens yeah so um t tell me about fishing fishing because uh so so I know this it's not like a professional segue jujitsu yeah. to fishing but but that was uh you know that was why I, almost why I said oh come on the podcast because yeah. um on the coffee one, we were talking about the catfish, and then yeah. you said catfish eat actually other fish. Yeah, they, they eat, and they and you caught one with a salami. salami. Yeah, a bit of salami before. And yeah. so um, I've never been fishing. I've never understood the attraction of fishing. I kind of maybe 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 misunderstand, but I've, it seems to me quite cruel. You're sort of catching them and yanking them out of the water. Yeah, yeah I, can, I can see that point, yeah. But loads of people, because I'm an optician for work, and loads of people, when I ask them, what do you do for hobbies, mm. a lot of, it's a real... Oh, it's the biggest sport in the UK. Okay, there you go, yeah. biggest sport in the UK. Yeah. Um, not the best, jiu-jitsu is the best, but yeah, after of course, that, yeah. <laughs> it's fishing. Um, so, tell me, tell me about your fishing 
history yeah, so relationship. I started fishing with my dad. He had a navy mate, Colin. Funny, they funny enough, I took them fishing uh, last year together because they don't see each other that much any, anymore. My dad had a stroke, and uh, he's, he's fine. He's cool, but you know he can't kind of um, you know organise things like that. He's fine to drive, but I said like you know I'll help you out. Anyway, so Colin got my dad into fishing. I mean, I fished a bit in the navy anyway. I'm sure amongst other things, which I probably don't want to want to know about. Um, so, yeah, that, I started fishing with my dad as a boy. Um, you know, he dragged me to the lake and stuff like that. Sometimes some night sessions and stuff like that, trying to keep my eyes open, you know, stuff like that. And, yeah, I kind of enjoyed it. Sometimes I didn't, you know, and then I started growing up and he said, oh, do you want to come out like four o'clock in the morning? No, I'm like, you know, I've got a hangover or, you know, whatever. Um, and, I, and it sort of... Um, it just sort of fell away a little bit. And then um, probably through anxiety a little bit as well, I was like, I want to take it up again. Got married and, you know, thought, actually, it's kind of a cool thing to do. I, I enjoyed it, you know. Um, so, yeah, I've been I've been fishing, you know, since I was a kid on and off. Um, I, don't, I don't go regularly. If I go, it's like um, I either do like a, a whole day session or a night session, um, you know, all over, all over really. Um, I've been to other countries. I might do a week fishing in France or I've been to Mekanenza in Spain. I'm going to Thailand in June with my son. So I'm going big big game fishing. There's a big uh, resort there. Um, I'm going to do a bit of Muay Thai there as well when I'm, when I'm there. Um, so, yeah, for, for me it's really – I have quite a hectic life. Uh, well, I mean it's, it was more hectic, but it, it's – I teach um, nearly every day. And I train. The only day I really have off is a Sunday. Um, I've obviously got my day job, so I'm a freelance designer. So I do that every day and then I go and teach, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I've got a lot going on in my life. So to sometimes just to go and sit by a riverbank or a lake, it's like it's the most beautiful experience ever. All right, yeah, you can get terrible days. You can chuck it down with rain or it's windy or whatever, but I, I kind of plan it pretty well. If I, if I know it's going to be awful no I'm not going you know I'm a fair weather fisherman um or obviously if I've booked like a week away I'm going to do it and I'm going to slum it out but um sitting by a beautiful lake or river and sometimes I'll be up well, there's a particular lake I go to and I'm not going to tell anyone where it is oh, right it's one of those right? secret yeah this is my catfish if, lake if lake. you want to know you've got to uh, pay three months membership yeah and then after your third month you can chocolate. <laughs> um so yeah, it's a beautiful little lake, um, quite close to me. Some lovely fish, big fish, catfish, carp in there. I've not caught a carp out there yet. Only found out about it last year. Um, so yeah, that's my my little spot close to me, which I like to go to. It's got five swims on it, so you can get five anglers on it. You have to phone up to book, and there's never any more than five anglers on it. Um, and normally, if I go down during the week, there's no one on it. It's just me. So and basically, so you sit, you set up your rod, it's yep. like on a stand or whatever. Uh, yeah, you have like a rod pod. I've got rod pods or bank sticks, whatever you want to call them. You've got bite alarms, which are kind of like sensitive alarms. So you literally kind of set up, and yep. then you just wait. Just sit there. Yeah, you can. You obviously some some fishing. Well, there's lots of different fishing. Yeah. I've, you know, you can do float fishing if you're um, going for smaller fish. You can catch, still catch big fish on a float. Um, and is a float? Do you, is that the one you actually cast? Yeah, you it cast out? out, and you've got like a little float that bobs up and down when you yeah. get a bite. Um, that's a bit more active, you know. You've got to kind of keep your eye on it all the time. Yeah. With the fishing that I do, I do a lot of carp fishing or catfish fishing. You set it up, you chuck it out, 
and you just wait. And that, that's the that's the game, right? And but so, how long? What what would be your sort of normal? You sitting for like six hours or about? Yeah, I normally get. So if I go out, I'm there at eight, and I'll leave about five there or thereabouts. It depends. A day. It depends if I'm if I'm doing really well. Um, then yeah, I'll stay for the whole day. And if you so so that for for example that lake that you go to, if you book yeah. a, a spot, yeah. you, that's for the day. That's for the day. That's for yeah. the day. Yeah. Yeah, so and that's that's yeah, that's a really beautiful little spot. Um, and some of the places I've been to in France as well. Again, I've sat on a lake completely on my own. Nobody knows I'm there, which is kind of like it's, it's probably bad, right? I should tell people where I am, but it's just like that. It's nice, just nobody knowing where you are. I sit there. I had a beautiful day. I left my my mum and dad used to live in France. They don't anymore. Um, I used to fish out there with my dad, and one day, the day I was coming back to come home I left a bit early and I purposely left early because I wanted to go to this lake on the way back so got there and the bloke I got there and the bloke said oh the, the lake down the bottom is free you know and that's got some big fish in there do you want to do you want to go and fish that and I was like yeah cool um, so I sat there beautiful summer's day not too hot little bit of breeze like sort of late summer so little bit of autumn in the air as well and I just I must have had to over 100 150 pound of carp like just one after the other you know and they're getting bigger started off like 15 pounds 16 17 18 then i kept getting bigger and it was just just stunning like the best days fishing i've ever had like in terms of like how serene it was like you're just at, na- at one with nature yeah. um yeah it was, it was amazing and what do you do do you take them and put them back they all go back yeah right. yeah so that, that this is this is the thing like a lot of people think it's cruel um i, I can kind of understand that so as fishermen, we pay a license fee. We pay um, our yearly license fee, and as you pay per rod, so that license fee goes. And if you if you if we didn't do this, then the upkeep of your rivers, lakes that are all controlled by the EA, they would be in a, a, a much worse state. So that um, license fee pays for fish stocks. It pays for dredging, cleaning, cleaning banks. You know, make so the river that you walk up and down every day. You walk up and down it, and it's generally pretty clean because the EA have come along and they've, you know, chopped down the the trees and they've dredged the water, and you've got nice clean flowing water coming through. So that obviously contributes to towards all of that. Obviously, I'm sure some of it comes out of the taxpayers' money, but we contribute um, a major proportion of that. Yeah. Um, and we we care for the fish as well. We we want the fish to grow. We want so we all have care kits. You can't go to some fishing lakes without unhooking mat. So you've got like big soft unhooking mat. Um, you, you've got to have a carp kit, uh, care kit. So it's like if they've got any little sores on them, sometimes they have leeches on their body and you'll put like a little bit of antiseptic on there, put them back in the water, treat them beautifully and hopefully they'll go, go and grow, oh. you know, to a bigger size and, you know, to be caught another day. So, you know, effectively we're, we're kind of like helping out nature. Yeah. You know, if you... It, it's a bit it's, like... A, it's a funny way of looking at it, but, well, you know. It, I mean, it's... I don't know whether you... Do, do you listen to Rogan? Podcast? Oh, yes. Yeah, do, so, yeah. you know, it, yeah. he, he... I think he was probably the, the... Well, as with many things, he's the person who introduced things to the world. Yeah. But, you know, talking about hunting... Yeah, of course. Um, so, obviously, hunting for... He hunts for meat, which I think yeah. probably is, is actually a good thing if, you, mm. if you're able to do it, if yeah. you're a meat eater. Um, but how, you know, those tags pay to look after the animals yeah. and the environment and everything. But even, you know, uh, something I, I could never do, but even the, the sort of big game hunting, 
um, the animals that that they that you're allowed to go and um, kill are the older animals that they, yeah. they're going to get ill or they're going to get put I down. See. And they so if you want to don't know why you would want to but if you want to go and shoot a giraffe or you want to go and shoot yeah. a lion or something but they're the ones they say okay this one is whatever I don't know thirty six years old it's probably going to be dead in two years I see. it's going to it's getting attacked by the other younger bull animals right. some guy from Florida will pay a hundred grand to shoot it yeah. which takes care of all the other giraffes for two years yeah so it's a similar kind yeah. of thing where they they either have to pay to put that animal down. Or it's going to be eaten by hyenas, I see, yeah. or matey from Florida will shoot it, and he will pay to then run thirty jeeps for the next year to yeah. patrol the park from poachers and things. I so, see. I mean, that's interesting with the fishing because, again, like I say, this it's, it's something that I've never thought about because it's I've never thought about yeah. it. But actually, um, yeah, the the fishing licenses and all of that, it makes sense that that goes into the upkeep yeah. of their environment. That's it. So, have you do you, do you do do you fish for fish that you eat as well? Have you done that I have. as well? I've done no? some trout fishing, but yeah, I I, I kind of like I don't like, like trout. I no, I do like <laughs> trout. You know what? I've not eaten trout for ages, but um, no, I'm I'm I kind of they call it coarse fishing, right? So obviously, um, if you're fishing for salmon and trout, that's game. Um, I don't think it's a separate license. I think it's still the same license. Um, you can just buy a salmon and, or a game fishing license, which is salmon and trout. Um, but the course fishing covers everything, I believe. Um, so I just, you know, I, I generally go for carp and catfish, you know, stuff like that. Anything big, really. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. And you're going to Thailand? Thailand, yeah. End of May um, for about six days. Just, so, just fishing? A little bit of Muay Thai and a oh, little bit of sightseeing. Yeah. So I'm yeah. going with my son. Um so yeah, we got three days booked at a resort called Gillam's and they've got like just monster fish, like two hundred pound Siamese carp. They've got arapaimas up to like four hundred pound. They've got like I don't so, know. So I, if you if you snag one of those, whatever you call if it. If you hook one of those, you're what, what, you're in, what do you you're do with it? You can't even for take a good it ride. out. <laughs> no, no, they have so the, the guides <laughs> or the, the staff that are there, they have like these big nets. You don't they don't ever pull them out of the water so you don't go bank side with them effectively. Right. So they they so, can weigh them or whatever. Yeah, so they'll net it, they'll probably guess what the weight is because they won't weigh fish that size because it is just it, it it's not right for them. Yeah. So they'll say, Yeah, it's this long and it's probably about a hundred and something pound or whatever. Um, and you get in the water with it, you have a picture, let it go. Yeah, like some of these fish, you can catch a different species like all all day long. And wow. they're, yeah, there's some amazing fish. Red tail catfish is one I, I'd really like to catch. Uh, Siamese carp. Yeah, and also um, if if I'm lucky, an arapaima. And they're like they go up to like 300 pound in there, I think. Wow. So yeah, yeah. Which uh, that's that's like. That's like trying to grapple Dan Strauss, right? <laughs> Dan, On the end of a rod. If you're listening, Dan, you've yeah. been compared to a, what, an arapaima. Arapaima, yeah. 300 pound fish. Yeah, big fish. Yeah, that's probably about Sorry about right. that. <laughs> and um, what about, so you, do you still run? You you mentioned you started running. I don't know. No. What, I, what, was, what, was, what was the marathon like? What was your training like for that? Horrible. It was horrible. My training, I probably, well, I definitely didn't do enough. I thought I did enough. Um, so I started off, I was always fairly fit. As I said, I did quite a lot of sports, so football, you know, badminton, archery, this, that, and the other, all sorts, a bit of cycling now and again. Um, and I just thought, you know, because of the anxiety, right, I need something to sort of 
keep fit and focus, blah, blah, blah. So I started running and there was never any real goal to start off with. Um, so I started doing a bit of running. And I said, okay, I'm going a little bit for did 5K to start with, something like that. And then started getting up to 10K. So, okay, this is, this is all right. And I'd run to like Cheson and back, which I think was about 10 miles at the time. Okay, I'm going to start doing, you know, a couple of runs. So I did like St Albans 10K. I think I did another one. I can't remember where that one was. I was like, right, I'm going to do the marathon. Because I always thought about it in my mind, like years years before I wanted to do the marathon. Um, that and Gladiator, which I never got to do. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I kind of um, booked for the marathon, and I got a, a I got a charity place. So you don't have to. Um, so you have to. Sorry, you have to get some sort of money, uh, charity money in return. Um, I, I didn't get onto the ballot. That's that's the word. Um, so yeah, I mean, I was regularly training, but I probably didn't go far enough. And I think the longest I ever did was about 18 miles, something like that, maybe 16 to 18 miles. But I was, you know, I was fit. I was pretty lean at the time. Um, and yeah, I did, got to the marathon. It was one of the, it was the hottest marathon there's ever been. When was it? What year was it? 2007, if I'm correct. I think it was 26 degrees, if I'm right. And that's, that's warm for April. Yeah. That was warm. Um, and, and I believe somebody died on that. That um, on that marathon, sadly, um, yeah, it was it was from overheat or drinking too much water, something like that. Um, so yeah, the first sort of first half was good. I ran that just under two hours, so I was on pace. I was like, I want to do it in about four, four and a half. So I was like, yeah, I'm pretty pretty cool with that. Um, so the halfway point is London Bridge, Tower Bridge, can't remember. Anyway, so my my wife was there on the bridge. But I didn't see her. So that to me was like a real kind of shit. Like that's a bit of a the, the mindset changes, you know, it's like it's a little bit of heartbreak. It's like, okay, right, I've got to push on a little bit now. So 13 miles, fine. 16 miles. Whew, this is this is getting tough now. So, okay. Got to 18 miles. Everyone said, Oh, you'll hit the wall later, miles, blah, blah, blah. And no, no, fuck that. I won't, I won't, I'll push for it. Oh God, no, no, you do, you hit the wall. And it was just run, walk, run, walk for like the last six miles, uh, sorry, eight miles. And uh, yeah, that last eight miles was just, I did it in four hours 55, which is, you know, it was all right considering the temperature, um, considering I probably didn't do enough longer I mean, I can't, even in my yeah. mind, I can't imagine doing it. And I'm not a runner. Like I said, I'm not the build for a runner. Um, yeah, so it was horrible. It, it was great. Like the atmosphere was absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, and the last sort of 200 meters going down um, the last straight, um, crossing the line, I cried, you know, like a baby. But you know what? It was an amazing experience. You know, I got some great memories. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a significant achievement, right? Yeah. It's a big, it's a big deal, especially yeah. a, a big marathon. You know, it's a, it's a yeah. sort of a yeah, nice it's a bit, bit thing of a deep end, really. But yeah, it was cool. It was cool. And that atmosphere, like to, to just for the atmosphere, like people are handing out sweets. There's bands playing. It's it's it's, it's cool. It's really good. I'm glad I did it. Yeah. You know, I'm glad to say I've done it as well. So you you have you always had that little bit of kind of competitive streak yeah definitely yeah and you've and you've competed in jiu-jitsu right yeah mm. yeah um yeah less so in the last sort of few years a because of covid mm -hmm. b because knee operation knee i've had and recently quite a bad knee tear again um 
and also just finding matchups as well. Obviously, I'm 46 now. I'm a brown belt, 82 kilos. You don't find many anymore. Like yeah. uh, the last three competitions I signed up for last year, um, the first one, no one in my category at all. So they gave me my money. I was like, can you move me to another category? They didn't. So they gave me my money back. Second one I did was um, the Maurizio Gomez one. Signed up for that. They, there was no one in my category for that again. Um, so no, no, nothing. And then the third one, I think it was the Surrey Open I signed for, signed up for last year. One guy in my, oh, it, well, he wasn't in my category. I'm Masters 4. He was Masters 1, I think. Um, so, and they put me down to his. I was like, fine, I'll fight, I'll fight anyone. Like, if I could fight Dan, I could fight the guys at the resistance. I could fight anyone, right? Um, so I oh, fuck it, I'll fight him. Um, and the day before, he messaged me. And he said, I can't, can't make it. And I thought, is, he, is this someone winding me up? So, okay. So went down there anyway, just because my mate was fine. Don was fine as well. Went down there just to make sure. And yeah, he didn't turn up. He, he was true to his word, obviously. So I got a default gold and, you know, just... So it's frustrating. It's really frustrating. So um, the thing is now, what do I do? Do I fight down age categories? Do I fight up weight categories? You know, well, the, I mean, this was something that we just talked about really briefly on the way in here because, I mean, I've, I've got the same problem because mm. I'm now Masters 5 yeah. and I'm 70 kilos and yeah. I can probably make 64 if I had to. Yeah. And there's like nobody at purple belt, right? It's yeah. not like, oh, there's black belts that they've been training a long yeah. time. There's not a lot of people who are still, relatively speaking, a beginner yes. at 50, quite light and can be bothered to compete. It's yeah. like a small... Yeah, category yeah, of yeah people. absolutely. So I'm always kind of thinking, I, I wouldn't mind doing a couple more comps, but mm. you know, whenever I look around, there's there's hardly anyone there. The last two I had to go dip fight uh, Masters three because there was no one. Yeah. I was Masters four and then I five, see. and I had to and I had to move down. And then we were thinking of going to the to the Euros, um, but I think because gosh, and my wife was she was thinking of competing as well. But they, you don't know exactly what days you're going to fight, so we oh, would have had right, to book the whole week, and it all end up being a, like yeah. a bit of a bit of a pain. But um, yeah, it's, it is difficult because you know you. I mean, certainly for me, I I, I sort of feel like I want to in competition. I want to fight people that are my group. Yeah. Because I want to measure myself against yeah. my peers. I mean, it's fine. I fight up a weight or down an age mm. class, and I get beaten. Is I, it doesn't really tell me anything. Yeah. I expect I'm not going to do as well as I would do someone my size and my age. So yeah, I kind of, I kind of feel like I want to measure more against yeah. my yeah. my own people. And see that sometimes you you you're not sure whether you're at the level you're at. You'll go, you know, you might have just been given your purple belt, but you doubt it. If you go to generally, sometimes you go to another club and you roll with another purple belt and you'll do well against. Okay, I'm a, I am a purple belt. And if you do a competition and you beat someone in a competition, then then that gives you that. Okay, yeah. I'm a purple belt or a brown belt, whatever. Now, but I think always, you know, you you. I mean, I can go on the mat against a blue belts and get smoked. Yeah, I'll and I can you. go yeah. on against brown belts and I can do all right. Yeah. Some days I feel good, some days I don't. Some days they feel good, some yeah. days they don't. You know. Sometimes you're a hammer. Sometimes you're a nail. Yeah, and sometimes a lot, you're of, nail, of, a lot of nail days. <laughs> sometimes you're a bit of wood that's been <laughs> yeah, yeah. smashed into, right? Yeah, that's probably that's yeah. probably a, yeah. a, an even better it's analogy. It's uh, you know, it is tough at our age, and you've got people coming for you. You know, it's uh, particularly as an instructor as well, or a higher belt. 
people want people want to tap you. But that's yeah. the thing I say to I say to all the guys that we teach. I say I want you to tap me one day. Then I know what we're teaching is right. It's yeah. real. You know. Yeah. Um, they're, yeah, get, they're, they're getting closer. I mean, jujitsu is it is very. I, I that's one of the things that I like the most is that it's, it is a very honest martial art because when you roll. There is really no kind of excuses. There's no oh if if I could do this or if we yeah. would do we're not we're not doing you know full power punches in the face or whatever. Yeah. No, that's not in the rule set. The rule set is we're both going to try as hard that's as we it, can, yeah, yeah, and yeah. if you get me, there's nowhere to hide. Yeah, I can't come with some old <laughs> yeah mate, but this and that. No, no, no. You you got me. You got me. That's it's, it. And I think that's um, it teaches you in that in that way like a lot of sort of humility. Yes. Because you've got to accept you were dominated yeah. by, you know, like often Some at resistance, yeah. like on a, on a Wednesday, which is just a sparring class, mm. blue belt and above sparring class. And I'm, I'm, I normally be the lightest person yeah. and often the oldest one. Yeah. And like quite often it's like, how many times can you not get tapped yeah. this evening? Like yeah, that's yeah. my goal. Yeah. And, and don't get an injury. <laughs> But you know, if you if you approach it in that way, of, yeah. of my, like if I roll, say I roll, roll with Mark, Mike Hawkins, yeah. If I can only get tapped once in five minutes, that's good, right? That's a victory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, in my mind, I say, Mike, I beat you tonight. <laughs> you, you only caught me once. <laughs> Props I, know, to Mike. I know he's listening to yeah, me. Yeah, so next out. time I roll him, he's <laughs> yeah, going to smoke yeah, me. Yeah. But uh, you know, I, I just I will just set myself those little sort of sub rules and say yeah. if I can survive with only one tap or only two taps or whatever against so and so, yeah, that's good for me. That's good. Yeah, so yeah. you gotta yeah. you gotta you gotta play around with those things. Yeah. So so your guys that you've got up there, have you got mostly white belts? There? Mostly white belts. Few we got a couple of blue, two or three blue belts now. Uh, we've got a purple belt. Um, these were these were guys who already were training your coloured belts, or have you promoted uh, anyone? One, two we promoted to blue. Um, we were already teaching them anyway. Um, yeah, two promoted to blue. Um, one was already purple. Oh, my son as well. He's uh, now a blue belt, so that's three. If I can include him as well, he's he's getting hard work as well now. Um, yeah, going back to the kids, like when uh, first started teaching, and Lewis would come and help me. Um, well, he, he started fairly young anyway. He started doing a bit of jujitsu, fell off of it, the wagon a little bit. And then when I started teaching, he came and helped me. I think, I don't know when he, probably maybe 13, 14, I'm not really sure. Um, but yeah, he, can, he would come and help me with the kids in Welling at Bushing. Um, and I'd always like to have a light roll with him. After COVID, he was, he turned 17, but he bulked up quite a bit. He weighs more than me now, fucker. You want to listen to this as well. <laughs> um, he weighs like 82, 83 kilos now. He's a big, big lad. Um, yeah, after COVID, he's sort of like, he never, he's never done this before. He's like, do you want to roll? Call me out. I was like, okay, yeah, all right. There's a change, there's definite change. He's like, yeah, all right then. And one of my favourite positions is knee on belly, north-south, you know, just just a bit, bit of meanness. Um and he and I was kind of you know I was fairly passive with him and he and he but he got to neon belly and I could see there was a real I could feel there was a change like oh okay it's like that is it so right okay so I'm gonna have to like put it up a gear and I'm gonna have to go a little bit more spiteful with you you know he's my son and I love him and um, but it's you know it's good we have good roles now he's tough he's strong he's got good footwork as well because um, uh, my wife is a dance teacher so. Uh, yeah, he's got really good footwork, so 
yeah, when he when he when I teach him like guard passes and stuff like that, he's like, yeah, he's good, he's good. Nice. So yeah, there's a real change, and he'll get me, he'll get me one day, but it'll be a while yet. It'll be a while. <laughs> That's uh, the the uh, the gauntlet has been laid. Yeah, Lewis is that his name? Lewis, yes. Lewis, if yeah, you're listening, yeah, yeah, your dad will, yeah. just laid down yeah. the gauntlet. He's 18 now, so yeah, he's coming. I wrist-locked him as soon as I uh, promoted <laughs> him to blue belt. <laughs> got to be done. Yeah, that's the standard, isn't it? Here's your that belt is, yeah, and here's yeah. your wrist-lock. Yeah, yeah, got to be done. Yeah. yeah, nice. Yeah, he's a good lad. Nice. So what's the what's your sort of vision for the for the club? You're a year in. Yeah. Would you, would you want to sort of expand locations? You're happy doing it in one spot? Yeah, this is something we've spoken about. Um, we have a bit of a five-year plan. Nothing written down on paper, but um, we certainly want to build our membership, but we want to obviously retain. I think the main thing is the retention of our students. You know, that's really important. And just build a nice a nice club. Are we going to have a club with, like, killer competitors? I don't know that yet. We've got a, we've got a selection of kind of like, you know, mid 40s to 50 year olds we've got you know some youngsters as well um we got kids you know great kids program um but the retention is really important to us you know teaching them good stuff and people are starting to compete um and we actually had our first female competitor last month shout out to zoe zoe shout out to yeah, you shout out so um yeah we're, we're really pleased how it's going the retention as i say is really important and in the future, we would like some of our students to become instructors for us. We want to build something that is, it just grows, you know, and organically, you know, don't force it. Um, my old instructor, Enzo Vullo, um, he always grew his club organically. He never really promoted it too much. He said, if, if someone wants to do jujitsu, they'll find us which is kind of interesting. I, I believe, yeah, there's marketing to be done to grow a club if you really want it to grow. But he, you know, we had a nice little little club at the time, BJJ Hearts, and, you know, people that wanted to come and train, they came and trained, you know, and they, they generally sort of stuck around. Um, but, yeah, with Militia, um, we want to grow it, obviously, but we know it's going to take time. If we can open up another club in five years' time, we've, we've spoken about this as instructors, myself, Dom and Matt, um, yeah, that'd be great. You know, but slowly, slowly, you know, we're not going to invest a fortune because, you know, it, something, it, let's say COVID happened again, you know, who knows, government and all that lot, um, which I know you feel strongly about. Yeah. I'm an anti-vaxxer too, but um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, let's, we, we have to plan things properly um, and we, we talk together as a team as well so right okay what, what do we want to do in the next five years do we want to open up a club yeah we'd like to do that but let's get the foundations built right first let's make sure everybody's happy let's make sure everything we're teaching is correct we've got a good curriculum um, we've got a good you know a good team you know nice morale um, we don't want people walking in the door like just coming down to smash everybody up. And you, know, you get those places, yeah, that's fine. You know, if you want to walk out with cauliflower ears and bloody noses, that's fine. But, you know, a lot of us have got work in the morning. Um, and, you you know, you don't need that sometimes. I don't mind it. I'll, I'll, I'll fight anyone, like I said before. But, you know, some of these guys are like, oh, he was a bit rough tonight, you know, this, that. And, well, then pick your roles, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So do you ever, on, on that uh, setting up roles, do you ever sort of uh, the higher belts can call out the lower belts or do you match people up to roll? Yeah, or I, how, I, how so we're always wary of, of um, you know, if somebody new comes in, 
you don't know what they're like. They might be completely nuts, you know, and they might just go crazy and they just might want, they just want to win, you know. And then you'll get someone new who comes in, they're very passive and they just go, you know, just fall over when you sweep them, blah, blah, blah. So we don't have any, there's, you know, there's no real politics with regards to calling out higher belts or anything like that. You can roll with who you want to. But if I see there's a bit of a Matt Bully and he picks out a 14, 15 year olds, okay, you're coming with me next, okay. And then I'm going to show you what a Matt, not not what a Matt bully is, but you know you need to yeah, learn. Yeah. Look, you can't just smash up kids and you know and and use your size and your weight and your age to dominate someone. It should be technique. If you're 20, 30 kilos heavier than someone, then you should be using technique. You shouldn't be using your weight and your size. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I, I, can, I can still remember Nick telling me again, like going back to what I was saying before in the in the early days mm. when there was no jujitsu. He, I think he, I think he might have said it was almost like the first thing he went to was a Marco Huas mm. uh, seminar. Do you, do you remember Marco? Huas? I don't, no, no. I so don't. he was he was the generation of UFC guys before Tito oh, and Chuck okay. Liddell, whatever. Yeah. When it was proper, yeah. random. Yeah, Owls, yeah. tire barn, soccer kicks, this stuff, eye right? gouges. <laughs> if you go go back and and, and have a look, Marco yeah. Huas, R U A S, like a. You know, you know these people who are like naturally yoked. Yeah, yeah. You know, he was probably I don't know, maybe six three, two thirty, six percent body fat. Yeah. Probably came out of the womb looking like like that. Yoel Romero. Yeah, like that, yeah, but yeah, taller. Yeah. Oh right. You know, okay. like yeah, yeah. taller, yeah, much yeah, taller. Yeah. And um, he it was he was doing a seminar, and Nick was saying I think he couldn't speak any English. You know, so he was just showing like something or other. And I think I think I remember this right. Nick was saying there was some guy there who was a wrestler, high level wrestler, and he was just like double legging people all over the place. And um, this Marco Huas noticed, came over and said to him like, "Okay, me and you, we're gonna, we're gonna thing." He said he just picked him up literally over his head, and just like like broke him on the mat, just smashed him onto the mat and he goes, the guy just didn't get up for about 10 minutes wow. and he just walked off. He didn't even yeah. look, look at what he'd done. He just literally then went to carry on doing whatever he wow, was doing. That's, um... But that, that's the thing that I've always sort of thought, you know, like if I ever have a class, mm. like if I've got a mat bully, I'm thinking like I'm probably not going to give him much of a hard time either. <laughs> like you, you, you need to have a certain amount yeah. of sort of uh, physical presence yeah. to – to run a club, right? Yeah, because you get there. There is going to be the odd time when you've got to yeah. go. Okay, yeah, it's down to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get super, <laughs> Superman like his... Clark Kent walks through the door and is like, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. I've got, to, I've got to show him that I'm the Matt Bully now. Yeah, um, but, but I think so far you haven't had anything too traumatic. No, no, definitely. You know, you get the odd occasion where someone's a little bit mean and you have to have a bit of a word. Say like, you know, calm it down a little bit. Use technique. Don't use your weight. Don't use your size because you're now rolling with a 15-year-old and you're 50 kilos heavier than them. So there's going to be a clear difference. So, you know, and I think, yeah, you, you just get to have to change their mindset. You, st- you, you just get these people, right? And they, it's very difficult to change their mindset. Some people it's easier and they get it straight away. Um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, you just got to be very, very watchful over everyone. Um Everyone at our club's pretty cool, actually. You know, I'm not going to lie. They're all they're all good. You know, you, you get tough roles. You've got big guys, right? Even the white belts, you know, they've got some, you know, some big guys there and it's, you know, they try and... Once they, once they sort of understand the basics, yeah, yeah. don't allow yeah, this, yeah, yeah. try to move there, yeah. then, it, then it becomes yeah. like suddenly they yeah. go after that like two, three months where they're like big, but they're just yeah. falling over. And then they understand And then suddenly it. you go to do that same yeah. old sweep and they're like... 
base. Yeah, like, that's, oh, yeah, shit, yeah, that's, yeah, that's it. it. Yeah, that was last yeah. week. Yeah, funnily enough, I'd, I'd rolled. Um, I think it was either last Saturday or the Saturday before. So I'd rolled the night before on a Friday in a no gi in the open mat. So I was feeling a bit knackered, and then I taught on a Saturday morning, and I thought I'll have a roll as well, and. Um, They'd all had a couple of rolls before, so they were all pretty warm, and I was just like feeling a bit stiff from Friday, and I rolled with this one guy. He's like 105 kilos, and I just went into it like, hadn't sort of switched on, hadn't warmed up, and he just sort of like, and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, God, right, I kind of need to switch. I ended up sweeping him getting on top, but it took a while. Like, I just like, oh, my God, what have I, why have I done that? Like, you know what I mean? I should have said to him, look, do you mind if we, I warm up a little bit first? But I yeah. just went, he just went, it, went at me, and I was like, oh, God. Yeah, it's like try to get to the top yeah, and get it. some kind of stalemate position and yeah. then just ride it out. Yeah, that's like, it, yeah. Three and a half minutes left, you're not <laughs> yeah. getting out from the side yeah, control. That's it, yeah. And and so the the other thing that I just wanted to, to touch on that you you you're a freelance designer. Yes, that's right. And, yeah, uh, yep. this T-shirt that you're wearing, which is super cool, you hooker. designed. Yes, and I did, bought yeah. me one, which yeah. I'm I'm super uh, super chuffed about. I love a T-shirt. Good stuff. Um, so do you do uh, sort of jujitsu merch stuff? Have you? Yeah. Are you gonna do geese and you've got patches and Pat all that yeah stuff? we do patches i've done i did a lot of patches funny enough well i've always been a designer but i got i did more illustrations i started doing illustrations over covid funny enough as a little bit of a sideline um so patches like um personalized patches did a lot of them um do my own patches do t-shirts stuff like that. um i've not like i've not set up like a, a, a website yet um there's a lot of stuff out there you know there's a lot of crap stuff as well there's some good stuff obviously um but you, you know it's got to be really different to cut through um, yeah because we train all, once a week i mean well the basement is out of action at the moment yeah. but uh seymour trains with us once yes yeah, yeah yeah stuff so, cool. i mean you know yeah, he's cool. he's he's obviously i'm i'm very familiar with yes. his work because yeah. you know I'm, I'm, yeah. i follow his stuff closely but i mean it's jujitsu seems to be a very um it's a very creative art, yeah. and so it lends itself well, especially with the way social media is mm. now. It sort of lends itself well to that slight design flair where yeah. you can actually have something that looks cool. Yeah, You don't have to just wear, okay, this is a karate uniform, it's a white gear, yeah, it looks cool. like it's your uncles it's giant you know do you do you got do you guys you don't have a gi policy or no people can no, just wear no. I, I, I don't really believe in that um I mean, it's not. I, I understand it's nice to have a uniform, um, but I think you should be able to express yourself as an expressive martial art. I, I, that's stars. what I think. I mean, I think it's it is it, it does encourage because you know thing the thing that people always sort of say is oh you got to find your own game and develop yeah, your own goals. Yeah. So that applies to everything, right? Yes, absolutely. How you how you dress and how you yeah. 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 I think that's what gives yeah. it its kind of flair. I mean, I think that's probably one of the reasons as well why a lot of the younger guys like no gi. Yeah. Because it's in, even more flamboyant. Exactly, right? yeah. yeah. You and can, there's some real cool designs on, you know, the rash guards and the Have, have you done your stuff. own rash guards and things? Or? Um, funnily enough, we've just, just done some designs at the moment. We're going to get those printed. Um, cool. We've got a supplier that, that I, know, I work with. Her. Um, I do some designs for Soul Taker, Sid, Sid oh, um, yeah. at St Albans. So I do some of his stuff as well. Um, so yeah, I'm getting some some rash guards and shorts um, sorted through him. Nice. Um, yeah, but I, d I don't push stuff too much because you can again you can take advantage of people's kind of good nature. We don't we don't pump loads of apparel to them. I might do the odd t-shirt now and again and say, what do people think of this? Is anyone interested in you know buying it? Charge them, 
you know, a few quid extra and, you know, it all goes back into the club anyway to, yeah, yeah. you know, to buy new mats or new equipment or seminars, you know. So, you know, maybe one day I'll, I'll set up a website and, and put all the kind of designs on there. But um, at the moment, it's kind of more more exclusive to, to our guys, you know. So, yeah. yeah. And, and are you mostly, um, in terms of sort of um, marketing and stuff, yeah. are you mostly social media yeah mostly social media we do do a bit of sort of leaflet dropping and stuff like that i mean the return on investment is you know it's it's pretty good because if you let's say you get you know 500 leaflets you go and do a leaflet drop and one or two people come back costs you like 35 quid for a set of 500 leaflets you go and spend a couple of hours doing a leaflet drop one or two people come and join the class only got to pay one monthly and that's your return on investment straight away yeah. um we've worked with the schools or read a couple of schools where we've gone and taught for the day just basic seminars for kids you know teaching them um breakfalls and full mount you know stuff like that we, it's really good fun and also with broxbourne council as well we did a uh six week self-defense course for young females aged 11 to 17 and that was all um yeah, that was all funded by Broxbourne Council. So it was completely free to the girls. Um, so that was really successful and we're potentially going to be doing another one in April. So, yeah, it's all same good. Same course? Yeah, same course, yeah. Nice. But it'd be, be some, um, you know, whether it's disaffected females or young females that need help. Um, you know, and that's something we're, we're really, um, you know, keen to do is work with local governments, schools, um, kids that have been affected by violence, um, we went to a cancer charity recently over at um, Lee Valley as well. Um, we, kids were getting, oh, you know, it's like really sad. But if we can bring a bit of joy to kids' life, we just show them like basic takedowns and throws and, you know, some, like just so, like the, yeah, the heart, the feels were right there. You know, we had kids coming along and like chucking us, you know, and stuff like that. I got them on video. It's like really cool. It's like a really good day Beautiful. as well. So, yeah, it's all, it's all good. You know? Yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're really pleased how it's going. Um, and I do a little bit of social media anyway. I'm not, I'm no expert, but I, I, I know enough to get by and, you know, promote stuff. And so, so that certainly helps, you know. And so Instagram, Facebook? Instagram, Facebook, yes. Um, yeah, that's, that's the what, kind what's of... Your, what's your Insta and your Facebook? Um, Insta is Militia BJJ. Uh, Facebook will be Militia Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Oh, I'll have to... Probably check that one. Probably. But Insta Militia they're, BJJ. Yeah, they're all linked, yeah. If you yeah. if you type in Militia BJJ on Instagram, I'm pretty certain that's the handle. So yeah, and uh, you'll you'll find us. We've got full timetable, all of that sort of stuff. So yeah. And uh, anything yeah. else you want to talk about? I, I just I kind of wanted to like understand where you know the the white basement pod. What, oh, what yeah. your sort of plans were? Because you know, obviously you've asked me, and, and I think that I really like appreciate. Um, um, well, so so I mean the. The, the, like I started to tell you before, so the so during lockdown, yeah, um, when it was really difficult to train, we because uh, my wife had started training as well, and we've got a big um, garage under the flat, so the the back of it already had some weights yeah. and bits and bobs in there, and and I had these t two three like disgusting old green mats that someone had given me from somewhere like proper you know just riddled world war two like those <laughs> yeah. old gym, gymnasium yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, proper yeah. them ones yeah. and uh they were kind of down on the floor so we started skidding around on those and then um we just said look let's like get a proper mat and put it down yeah and um uh who the two 
brothers, not not the Riotolo guys, the the older ones, Berenbolo. Uh, Miel. Miel no, brothers. No, no, no. There's another two. Oh, good lord! That are in the middle. Anyway, okay. their their gym is all white. Oh, uh, Mendes. Mendes brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yes, and yeah. I and I sort of see the videos, and they got their lovely artwork, the yeah, circles, and yeah, all yeah. that. And yeah. I was like, That's the we're, dream. we're having a white mat because <laughs> yeah. it was it's it's brick walls, so it was yeah. whitewashed That's brick cool. walls. Yeah. Um, you know, it's only it's only little, but I said we're having a white mat. No white, don't, don't want white. But I said, look. I want it to look like this, like our own little version yeah, of this. Very bougie. Yeah. Yeah. So we, um, so we got, so we got, uh, we bought some mats and we got a white um, uh, cover for it and put it all down and started training in there. And then Seymour Mikatsu was coming uh, twice a week to train with us because everything was shut. Oh, I think I've seen some of the, I've seen yeah. some of the, the yeah, all these little videos things. Like, that yeah, he, of course. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. They, most of them were, yeah. were with us. So, um, so he was coming. Monday and Friday, mm. and my friend Smith, who was at um, Mill Hill with me, he was coming on a Sunday. I think actually he might have been coming Sunday, Wednesdays, but then it ended up being Sundays. And he just named it because of, you know, um, Henzo's and Danaher's is the blue basement yeah, yeah, in yeah. New York. Yeah. And one day we were in there and he just said, oh, this is the white basement instead of the blue nice. basement. And I was like, yeah, that's yes, the name, like the it. white basement. So that we, we were just training, training. And then... Um, Late last year, I can't remember exactly when we started doing this, but he he said to me, "We should do a podcast." So Smith, he's like a he's like an Arthur Daly. Yeah, you yeah. know, every time I see him, he's like, "Have you thought about um, you know selling skateboard wheel nuts?" You know, <laughs> he's, he's always got something. So um, he said we should do a podcast, and I was like, "Okay, cool." Because I I mean I love podcasts. I've been I was a, listening to Rogan, you know, for the last. 10 years from when it was, yeah. I don't know how long you've been listening, but I started listening when it was him and Red Band okay, in yeah. his house. I think the first one I listened to was him and who's the crazy, crazy guy? Oh my God, I can't think what his name is. The one was talking about frogs and um, Alex Jones. Oh, Alex Jones. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that's, yeah, that was that's, the first one I listened to. Not, like crazy. Yeah, that's late on. Yeah, this yeah. was probably, I don't know, six, seven years before. Yeah. So it was him and Red Band in Rogan's spare room. And their sponsor was Fleshlight. You know what Fleshlight oh, yeah, is? Yeah, 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 that was yeah, their sponsor. Yeah, I haven't got one. And and yeah, <laughs> but uh, but literally, it was it was a four minute advert of Rogan saying, "Hey, look, you know you're going to jerk off." <laughs> literally, wow. if you go back and listen to them, they're Jeez. very funny. The adverts, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and they've released a new one, a zombie pussy, and you know, wow, it was wow. proper sort of wow. old school. <laughs> With and teeth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was the sponsor. So that's kind of how it started. Shit. But I'd, I'd, I started listening right back then. And I'd always sort of loved listening to podcasts because yeah. I, f- I find it really difficult to read. Even yeah. when I was at yeah, school, me too. Yeah. I, I can't concentrate and I get tired and I s- realize I've read the page and I forgot what was on yeah. it or whatever. When I listen to stuff, I, I feel I retain it really well. And um, so as soon as he said, let's do a podcast, because I'd, I'd thought about doing one a few times, but again, because of like a bit of anxiety and stuff, yeah. I thought, I know what's going to happen. I'm going to start doing it, and then I'm going to have a few weeks where I don't want to see anyone, yeah. and then I'm not going to do it, and I then it, you know, yeah, it's yeah, never yeah. going to happen. Yeah. And um, so when he said, let's do one, I was like, great, because if I'm having a bad week, I'm going to say to him, can you record one next week? Cool. I'm going to stay at home. And then it turned out that he did, he don't really like doing them. Oh right! So we did one. <laughs> Literally after the first, we did the first one. We came up here, and we were driving back. He picked me up. We were driving back in the car, and I was like buzzing. I said like I feel like I'm Joe Rogan. That's brilliant. I feel like I was in the 
podcast studio, you know, this is like my thing. Yeah. And I looked at him and he just had this face on him like he's been diagnosed with a terminal illness. <laughs> and I was like, what's up? And he's like, I hated it. Oh. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah. He just, well, he, I think he doesn't like really like talking on yeah, the microphone, yeah, yeah. don't like talking about himself. Yeah. Et cetera, it's funny, et isn't it? It's funny. So, so it sort of ended up that I was like, well, you know what? I'm just going to run with it because yeah, yeah. I, because I like, you like it. it. That's cool. So that, that's, that's how it, how it started. And, and, you know, and, and sort of at the beginning, we, we had the idea, okay, we'll just kind of do it on jiu-jitsu yeah. and sort of being over 40, let's say. I see, yeah. But, you know, the, the other stuff, obviously, that I have that I am interested in and that I've become interested in is is uh, all the COVID stuff, yeah. the conspiracy stuff yeah, and yeah. The, the alternative health things. Yeah. And food and drink and mm. coffee and, you know, we've got a guy coming in on Tuesday um, – from uh, I think the company's called Eurobeers. It's going to okay. talk about beer, okay. beer, ale. Oh, cool. You know how it's, it's cool. made and different stuff and all of that. We I just recorded one on wine. Oh, There's wow. a wine shop in Whetstone down the road yeah. called Stone Wines. Okay, so that we kind of similar to what we did with coffee. I was like, my yeah. wine game is also shit. Oh, okay. So right. let me learn about wine yeah, and then yeah. I can learn about beer. Yeah. So you know, I I I had it. I had it kind of vaguely in my mind and this is how it has turned out to be it was just like my version of rogan's podcast cool. get people i want to talk to in and yeah, yeah. talk to them yeah and see what happens and I, and I guess like you know going back to anxiety you talk to someone and everything just you just forget about all that stuff you know yeah. and you find out other people have suffered from it and yeah okay this is what i do to cope manage yeah you know yeah very yeah, much i mean you find a lot of universal things when yeah. you start talking to people there's there's a lot of shared experience yes. with people you know yeah. they they you you often find or i i often find um that you think you're kind of going through something and no mm. one really gets it and you try to talk to someone and they don't really understand but you find if you talk to a few people someone goes to you, oh yeah i had that yeah i had that for three years yeah. this is what i've done this is how it you know etc so you know being able to being able to talk to people is really good, but, yes. but also being able to share the conversations because, you know, sometimes you have a really great conversation with someone and then it just disappears. Yeah, yeah, so you mean. You think that there was some value there, but it's, if, if it's not recorded, it, yeah. no one hears it. I hear it and we sit down, you know, in the pub or after a class or whatever and we have a really great conversation and you think, oh, I know so-and-so would really like to listen to this yeah. or this other person was talking about that or whatever, but you can't share it with them because yeah. you didn't record it. I guess, again, like jujitsu, you know, if, you're listening, if you listen to a conversation, you know, podcast conversation, and you pick up one thing after that two-hour conversation that changes your life, you know, that's, that's better than any drug that you could ever buy. Yes. Or, you know, be prescribed. Yes, which and is... Like jujitsu again, you know, you do jujitsu. Um and I know so many people that it's helped, you know, mindset, uh, diet, approach to life. It changes their their attitude to work, um, you know. Yeah, there's, it's, well, it's there's, amazing. A, there's, a, there's a saying, I don't, know, I don't know where I heard it, but it, it, I think it is how the way you do anything is the way you do everything. Yeah. So um, I th it might be Jordan Peterson or someone mm. like oh, that. So, you, know, so you should tidy up your yeah. room in the morning. Yes. Yeah, because that informs your whole day yes. and i think you know jujitsu in in that in that way is is like that you know i mean you you see it all the time in people that they they just become like 
harder. Yeah. But but in a in a in a good way. But actually nicer as yes, well. Yes. Yeah. You know? But um, hard, I mean, harder in terms of sort of more resilient. Yes. And more flexible and more able to deal with yeah. things. And you and I mean. I, I, I always had noticed that with martial arts anyway, because you, you, you do get that from other things as well, you know, not not saying jiu-jitsu only, but because jiu-jitsu is what I'm doing at the moment, you 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 definitely notice that. And and you know what you said right at the beginning, if you if you sort of teach a class and you learn one technique yeah. which you can actually retain and use and fit into your yeah. your lexicon. Um and that, that is one of the things that I, one of the sort of um, intentions that I had for the podcast, yeah. because that was the, one of the things that I always used to like from the Rogan ones, is that if I listen to one of those the same way if I, if I hopefully, or if someone listens to one of my podcasts, you would take away from every podcast something that is actionable that you can start doing today or yes. tomorrow or whatever and yep. it's going to make your life better 100 it might be like set your alarm clock five minutes earlier because of something something yeah. something but you know if you can just if you can add something to somebody's um life yeah through them giving a bit of time to listen to your conversation 100%, that yeah. that that is one of the one of the goals that i've that i've always had for these episodes that it will be fun yeah and it will be interesting and it will be engaging and you know be interesting whatever but that you can take something away from it, and yeah. you can feel actually good. I can use that, or use that tomorrow. I, I don't know whether we whether we done anything today like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, that. I think I think you know, I think about how we we've talked about you know mindset and how you teach and what you teach and just just simplicity to start yes. off with, and also everything is relatable to um, to life. You know, when you when we teach the kids, it's like don't turn your back why don't you turn your back well because number one someone's going to get their hooks in but in life don't turn your back on someone always look someone in the eye yeah um, because that's a self-defense approach and also it's a very good way of being well-mannered you know yes. you talk to someone you look them in the eyes yeah i mean um, that's and that's that's actually something that i mean we're a similar age that's something that i've noticed very much probably over the last four five six years i mean time sort of blurs a bit but um because I'm 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 doing eye tests all day yeah. and I'm seeing obviously kids and you know teenagers yeah, and young adults the sort of the the things that were kind of drummed into us a little bit when we were young yeah. things like that saying please and thank yeah. you looking at someone when you're talking to them you know come in and if you're an adult is talking to you sort of concentrate and yeah. pay them a bit of respect i mean i i got literally and and now i would say now it's it's obviously an older and older people. Yeah. Like now I've got 30 year olds in the middle of an eye test. They just take their phone out and start doing their social media. Just... And I'm like, I'm, it's not like I'm offended, but yeah. it's like, dude, you booked an eye test. It's just respect. I, I, I thought it? you probably wanted to have an eye test. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, you, <laughs> then you take your phone out because it pings and start like looking at something and I'm trying to talk to you in the middle of doing something. Yeah. It's, it's, um, we we're definitely losing that kind of social etiquette. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think, you know, in, in that sense, probably again, that's another benefit of martial arts and yeah. of jujitsu, yeah. is that it brings back a little bit of that that discipline, yes. that etiquette, that yes. kind of way to, to approach people yeah. and, and deal with people. 
So um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's something which we're losing, and, yeah, and that's good. something which helps us maybe to retain a little bit. Good life lessons, you know. I taught, um, you know, obviously my dad gave me some amazing life lessons, like firm handshake. That's really important, you know. Good firm handshake. Look someone in the eye when you're talking to them. Um, respect, you know. If someone doesn't respect you first, and you don't respect them in return, but respect, you know, and be courteous. Um, good manners. Stuff like that, you know, it's going to get you a long way. Yeah, um, it, 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 it and it, does. it really does as it well. Really you know? does. And another thing as well, someone, someone, it wasn't my father, but someone else said to me once, and um, and he came in. He went in the morning. I think it was my creative director or something like that. And he came in. He said, "How are you?" I went, "Not bad." And he said, "Why did you say not bad?" I said, "Well, it's just what. Well, I'm just not bad." He said, "No, I, I you know, what, it, it's an English term." Not bad means nothing. It means you're not good. You know, it's, it's like, it, it's fucking nonsense if you think about it. So, and he's like, what you should say is, actually, I'm very well, thank you. So now, uh, occasionally you, you slip up, right, hey, I'm all right, I'm not bad, you know. But I, if someone says, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah. And it's like a real, like, it's a real positive energy that you give off. And it's a good, again, a good life lesson. You look at someone in the eye, shake them firmly by the hand. I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah. You know, and straight away, you know, you're off on a good track. And you kind of, you learn a lot about someone by the way they shake their hand, the way they talk to you and the way they interact, it, like within the first 10 seconds. Yeah. You know, um, you know, again, we've got some really nice students. We've got a couple of young lads. They come down, we've got really nice young lad. Um, you know, Joe, his name is, I think he's about 20, but like really nice guy, very polite. He's obviously been brought up very well, but very polite. And like, you know, some 20 year olds coming out, they just grunt at you. You know, this, this, this lad's really nice. I like him. He's, you know, if he sticks with jujitsu, you know, uh, I, I, I hope, well, I hope he does. But yeah, he's really polite, you know, and he's like, I think he might have even called me sir first. I can't remember, but, you know, yeah, he's just a nice lad. And, and that's what, you know, you know, you've been brought up well, and I'm going to give him more time, you exactly. know. I'm going to actually, you know, if he's having a problem with, oh, like someone passed my goal, someone triangled me twice today, which they did yesterday. Uh, and he's like, how do I get out of a triangle? I said, well, don't get there in the first place, right? But, I'll, you know, I'll help him more because he's a nice lad. If he was a bit of a moron, then, you know, yeah, do more classes. Yeah, exactly. It's it's classes, more privates, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, it goes a long way. So yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, yeah. it's, that is that is good advice. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's probably your that's probably your one minute that's actionable. If you already do that, well done you. Yes. And if you don't, if you say yeah, not bad. Don't say not bad. I mean, I, I this is yeah. I mean something for me because because obviously every single patient that I yeah. see, I ask them how are you, yeah. and then you know norm, normally people come in and they tell me oh I've got this or I have yeah. a problem with that I'm getting headaches something, but a lot of people will say oh whatever how are you, yeah. and I always say very well thank you, yeah. so it's literally that you yeah. know because it's it's it, yeah. it sets you off on the correct, yeah. I think as well you know maybe it's slightly different as a in inverted commas, medical practitioner. Like if you go to the doctor and you, he, he says, whatever you say, I've hurt my knee, how are you? And he goes, oh, not bad. You think, well, this guy ain't going to help me, is he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's he doesn't even want to be here. It's like a placebo, isn't it? You tell, you say, I'm very well, thank you. And actually, I fucking I am. Yeah. I'm all right. Yes, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, exactly. That repetition yeah. of, yeah, of things it. is, is yeah. important. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what the, the, the uh, uh, just something popped up on my, my feed the other day, maybe like Bruce Lee or, Muhammad Ali or someone mm. um, just saying that like the way you talk to yourself even as a joke 
is very important. Yeah. Because your your subconscious doesn't know the difference between a joke or not a joke. Yeah, yeah. So when you say, yeah, I'm very well. Yeah. Yeah, I'm feeling healthy. Yeah, I feel good. Yeah, I'm very happy. You're reinforcing, I'm very yeah. happy. I'm very happy. You know, it's something that I've become... Um, much more aware of and much better at um communicating not not so much communicating but but for myself in being aware of my internal dialogue awesome. and my mood yeah and just saying like this is up to you to f feel better like yeah. I, had, I had i don't know if you listened to it but i had a guy on um i've had him on a couple of times um called rob who was the he does um, medical cannabis. Oh, yes, and, yes. Yeah. So that one I've had, I've had yeah. a lot of engagement on because obviously everyone's like, bro, I need some cream and need I need this stuff, and yeah. I need that. Um, but one of the things that he said right at the end of the first one that he was on, he said like being happy is a choice. Mm. And even though it's kind of something that, you know, it's a Tony Robbins-ism, yeah, of course it is, you know, change yeah. your life and whatever in five minutes. But, you know, just for some reason, maybe because it was a proper conversation, you know, and I was paying attention because it's my podcast yeah. and whatever. And I, and, I, and I really started chewing on those words that it is literally a choice. So mm. even if I wake up and I don't feel great or I'm had an argument or something happens and then I say, well, so I feel whatever, agitated, let's yeah. say. I feel agitated and a bit miserable today. Well, so, but that requires me to do certain things. Yeah. So I have to sit in a certain posture. I have to put my head in a certain way. I have to, I have, to have my gaze a little bit down. I have to not breathe properly. Yeah, yeah. And now I feel miserable and yeah. agitated I or see. whatever. And if I sit up yeah. and I look up and I put my chin up and I, yeah. and I feel more positive and I feel happier and... I start feeling better. That's it, yeah. And, and you know, so it, it is absolutely a choice to set your mood and set the way you, the way you feel and the way you go through the day. Um, and so, yeah, any little hack that you can do to help you go through on that positive vibe, such as always saying to people, yeah, I'm very yeah. well, thank you, yeah. is, a, is, a, is a great, easy little way to... Yeah, to reinforce that. Simple, isn't make it? Make it a habit. Just, it doesn't need, require any hard work, just yeah. changing dialect. Yes. Um, someone else said, I, I, I used to be very kind of like, um, what's the word? Sort of jovial about my job. Someone said to you, what? Someone said to me, what do you do? I was like, I just draw pictures. I, I, I kind of did, right? But um, no, I'm a creative director and I work for a, you know, an award-winning agency. That's what you should be saying. Yeah. And I started changing that as well, and that's that's you know yeah, that's, and, it, and it's again, weird because it it probably if you if you think about it carefully enough, you probably find it changes your work. Yeah, over the course yeah, of the did. next two years, yeah, it did. Yeah, be, because yeah. you're telling your subconscious yeah. something different. That's it. Yeah, yeah. because you you, you 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 almost like you you're not belittling yourself, but you're certainly yeah you, you're just making your 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 own worth. Well, it's not it's not what it should be. I, I think yeah, I think what it is is you're allowing yourself to to move in a, a channel of mediocrity yes you're saying oh i just draw pictures yeah. so sometimes pictures are good sometimes yeah. they're not sometimes i like them sometimes i don't they're just yeah. drawing pictures right whereas if you are a creative director for an award-winning agency yeah. now you're you're telling your subconscious bro yeah that's it <laughs> today <laughs> that's it. Yeah, you're yeah. gonna perform <laughs> yeah that's like it. yeah bring the fire today yeah. 
So yeah, I mean, I think I think for probably there's no one young who listens to this. The young people are listening to well, Andrew Tate and uh, yeah, who's that geezer with the energy drink? He's just done the oh, deal with God, Dana. No, um, the brothers, Jake Paul, is Jake it? Paul. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, no, that just they're probably listening to those guys. But if you're under forty, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> you're it, listening yeah, to yeah. this. I like I like Jordan Peterson. I listen to him a lot. Yeah, um, I mean sometimes it's a bit complex. Yes. I think if you can just take a couple of things out of like an hour, yeah, yeah, that's, hour, that's enough, right? You know, brilliant. Like, yeah, just again, like life lessons. There's some simple stuff on there. Tidy your fucking room, right? Yeah. Get up, tidy your room, make the bed first, um, and you know, just all those twelve rules of life. You know, simple. So, okay, really. here's here's a here's a question for you then. Yeah, what would you? What would you? Go back and I mean it's it's not like I made this question up. Everyone knows yeah. it. But if you could go back to your I don't know fifteen year old because I yeah. think twelve is pointless, right? You yeah. don't know nothing. You're doing Lego. Go back to your fifteen, sixteen year old self. You know you mm. GCSE age, just about to see what's your path. Yeah. What would you What would you tell yourself? Christ, that's a that's I, I have kind <laughs> it's of like thought another about whole this. podcast, right? Yeah. It, <laughs> you know what? It's it's kind of tricky because I'm not. I don't have any regrets with regards to what I've done in my career. Um, I had a good career and now I'm freelance and I'm really happy with that. And it's kind of opening up into that I can teach more jujitsu and eventually I'll give up the design and I'll do more jujitsu, just teach it. So I'm really happy with that. Um, it's, I, a, it's a tough I, one, right? It is a tough one. I, I think I'm, I might have liked to see more of the world. My dad was in the Navy for... 12 years, I think. He went around the world like... He, so he he was um, adopted, so he had a tough childhood, joined the Navy at 16, and I think he was at sea at 16 or 17. 16, you know, he was a boy and he was at sea. It was crazy. Um, but he had the best time of his life. He wanted to escape his mum, basically. He got beaten by his mum, um, who isn't alive now, so she won't be listening to this podcast. Um, but yeah, so he wanted to escape and he joined the Navy um, and he just had the best time, you know. Still got mates now that he sees. Um, and, you know, it's that regiment. It's the, you know, you're going to different countries. You're some of the, you know, we joke about it. He had a, he had a stroke, um, so his short-term memory is terrible. So he goes on about the war. Not the war, but he talks about the Navy. And we always joke during the war. But some of the stories are absolutely amazing. Like, you know, pulling bodies out of rivers and out of the sea, you know, and just like visiting different countries, Hong Kong, Fiji, you know, all sorts of stuff. And I always thought to myself, that that would have been cool, you know, to, to join the Navy, to do something that makes you happy, you know. I, 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 you know, my career was cool. Did it ever really make me happy sometimes, you know, winning awards and stuff like that? But to be honest, most of the designs that you've ever, ever done, they're just tomorrow's chip, chip paper. I say to my son, he's, he's actually got a good job now. He's just left uh, school and he's got an um, apprenticeship as a quantity surveyor. Um, and I said to him, look, because he wanted to be a lawyer originally. And I said, and it's, and I said look, this is tough, right? I said, you've probably got to be seven years at university. I said, what, what do you want to be a lawyer for? He goes, I just, I just want to earn lots of money. Like, okay. So you might be on 100 grand, 200 grand a year, right? Let's say you're doing 12 hours a day, you know, nine till nine, whatever. And you come home, you have a bit of dinner and you go to bed and you wake up again the next day. 
Are you really, really, you've got a family. Let's say you've got a family. You've got a nice house, you've got a nice car. Are you really happy? Are you really, really happy? I said, you could go be a gardener and you could earn £30,000 a year. Go and do nine till three. You come back, you have a little relax in the afternoon, go and have a coffee. You've got the weekends to yourself. You take your wife out, you take your kids out, blah, blah, blah. And you just, just do what you want to do. You just, just be happy. You know, you don't go earn loads of money. You just go earn enough to have a roof over your head. You go earn enough to maybe have a little holiday every year, buy a couple of nice things. Yeah, cool. You know, as long as you're, he's good with money and he was like me, he's tight. <laughs> um, just be happy, you know. Um, my daughter's a dance teacher now. She's followed in the footsteps of my wife. I've got to give her a mention. And she's, you know, she teaches kids. She's really good, really good. And that's what makes her happy. And I'm, I'm glad that they're, they're choosing those pathways that make them happy. Yeah, it's very, um, it's very underrated mm. and under i mean i don't have kids so I, I can't specifically speak from experience but very under sort of um uh valued being happy mm. i mean being happy is everything absolutely because if you are not happy you you there's you have nothing mm. you have nothing if you're not happy i mean it's one of the things that i that i say to people a lot and that i always try to to keep in mind for myself is that where you live you live in your body so if you don't look after your body, I don't care where you're living. You could you could be living in a you know beautiful house, beautiful hot country, whatever. Great, you got uh, MS. Yeah. You want to still be or, there, or you're just an asshole. I know people that are rich. You know, I've worked with people in agencies that have got a lot of money, and they're assholes. They're yeah. real assholes, and they're not very happy people. No, genuinely. No, well, I mean, it's you're just you're just sort of reflecting out yeah. what, how you feel, right? Yeah. So if you're horrible to people, it's because you feel horrible. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, it's so 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 yeah. I mean, I think I think that um, being happy is is. Um, I mean, again, again, it's it's something that the we got we got married in Vegas. Oh, we cool. did that. We went to Vegas, um, just me and my now wife, yeah. um, literally us two, went, went, did the chapel, did a road trip, went to UFC ringside. Yeah. That was oh, like wicked. Our, That's cool. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. Yeah. That was our sort of wedding and, and honeymoon and everything. But the, 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 I think it was that guy, um, the, the, the pastor in the little chapel, yeah. he said, um, uh, marriage is a a verb not mm. a noun it's a doing word yeah it doesn't mean you are married it means every day you work really hard to be yeah. married yeah so you know you you think about the other person and you try to be happy and you try to yeah. be you know all of that and i think kind of happiness is is a little bit the same thing is you know you're not saying oh yeah you need to be happy it's not it's not sort of a state in that way of oh yeah i'm just happy you got to work at it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You got to work yeah. at your mood and your behaviour yeah. and your friends and yeah. your job and how yeah. you spend your time and what you think yeah. about and what you watch and what you listen to. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's um, you have to cut people out sometimes. You know, you cut toxic people, cut them out of your life. You don't need them. You yeah, know? and go and have a coffee if you want a coffee. Go for a walk. You yeah. know, don't just sit there and slouch and do nothing. Yeah, mate, just just embrace everything and be happy yeah there's a there's a story that i like that i heard on i think it was an nlp podcast and um there's a there's a goldman sachs yeah big big shot banker goes on holiday i think he goes to mexico somewhere and he's sitting on the beach and uh every morning he watches this guy he goes out and he 
pulls his little rowing boat out and he goes and sits in the in the sea in the chop for you know two three hours he catches a couple of fish he brings his boat back he pulls it in and off he goes and so one day um the 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 banker guy asks him he says you know like like this this what you do and he's like yeah i mean this is like my normal kind of kind of day so he says to him, so what, what, what do you do for the rest of the day? He says, well, I'll, I'll wait there till I catch two fish and then I'll take one of them to the local fish guy and he'll give me some money for it. And then I'll take the other one home and I spend the afternoon with my kids and my wife and she cooks the fish and we have dinner and whatever and, and that's yeah. it. And then I'll come back and, and do it again. And so the Goldman Sachs guy says to him, okay, listen, grab a piece of paper, grab a chair, look, I'm, let, me, let, me, let me show you something. So he says, look, if you if you stay out and fish two hours longer, you can catch three fish, okay? And now you can start taking two fish every day to sell to the to the uh, the fish guy. And if you do that for six months, you'll be able to get a second boat. And if you get a second boat, now you'll be able to catch six fish between you and the other the, the other boat. One fish you pay him, one fish for yeah. you. Now you can start selling four fish. If you do that for another six months, you'll be able to get a third boat, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so he yeah, writes yeah. him this yeah. plan. He says, yeah. like, this is your five-year plan. So at the end of five years, you'll have a fleet of boats, which means you can catch more fish and you can then go to the proper fish market where they sell for more money and you can get yeah. a better price and whatever. So he says, if you do that, after five years, you can be retired. Just think what you would be able to do if you were retired. And the guy says to him, I'll come here in the morning, sit in my boat for a few hours and catch a couple of fish, yeah. sell one to my mate and then go home and hang out with my family and eat the so, other fish with my that's wife. That's almost retirement in itself, isn't it? You know, you, you, sometimes you're kind of there, but you've got to... You, and I think you learn that as you get older. Yeah. You kind of go that circle where you've got all this stuff you want to achieve and then yeah. you realise that actually you just want to sit with the people you like and yeah. share a bit of food and have a laugh yeah. and yeah. feel healthy and F that's, fill, that's fill your, your life. Fill your time wisely as well. You know, I, I, I'm quite a busy person. I like to be active, whether I'm outside doing the gardening or I'm inside doing DIY or I'm, you know, kayaking down the river. Um, I, I always fill my time with something. So, you know, occasionally I'll have a sit down. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. With I a like fishing a, rod. Yeah, yeah. But I like it. Sometimes I like... You know, just yeah, it's sitting down with a fishing rod. But you know, sometimes I sit down and I watch a couple of episodes of um, what did I watch recently? Taboo or something like that on um, Netflix. You know, just have a little bit of a, a laze in the afternoon. Um, but again, another thing someone said to me: your most valuable thing is time, not money, nothing else. It's just time because time. If you if you're spending Hours and hours at work, you know, I've done, I've done all night shifts. I've been through to eight o'clock in the morning working on pitches. I don't want to do that anymore. I genuinely don't. I could get office, for, I've had offers from agencies in London and I don't want that anymore. I don't want to work those hours. What I want, I want to do is, is jujitsu and I want to spend time with my family. And I want to spend time at home. That's the most valuable thing to me. I don't want hundreds of thousands of pounds. Well, yeah, it's nice, right? Someone gives me a couple of hundred thousand pounds, now brilliant. But not to the detriment of seeing my family or doing jujitsu or being happy that's it valuable the most valuable thing is time that's it you can't you can't get any better than that so because you can fill it with anything yeah i think that's probably a, a good place to to wrap it up because uh i would i would say thank you to everyone <laughs> who's spent two hours of their time Pleasure. listening to this 
conversation. No, it's been good fun. I've, I've really enjoyed it. I was slightly nervous, obviously. So you, you never know. You're gonna. I probably rambled on a bit, but um, that's, that's what a podcast is. Well, yeah, that's it's it. Ra- that's what you want. <laughs> so apologies. You want I hope I mentioned. Uh, I've mentioned my wife. I mentioned my kids. So that's a good start, and uh, that's, they'll be happy with that. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. I'm. I'm, yeah. I'm really. Uh, I'm really glad you came down. Yes. Thank you very much for coming. I'm it's a really, brilliant. really enjoyable. For me, it's a. It's a really enjoyable way to spend a Sunday lunchtime because yeah. I could go home now and have lunch and feel like oh, I've, that's it. I've, had a, I've had a good day. So yeah, thank you for coming down and uh, militia BJJ that's on right. Instagram. Yes. And probably Militia Jiu-Jitsu on Facebook. Yeah, or Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, Brazilian something like Jiu-Jitsu. that. You'll find it anyway. You type in Militia. Um, so. And you're in Nazing. Nazing, every which is day near Brock's classes. Everyday classes, yeah. Uh, daytimes, evenings, weekends. And you got, I saw on the, on the webpage, first class is free. First trial, class is free. First class yep. is free. Yep. So yeah, come down. So if you're, if you're looking for somewhere to train or you're looking for something to do, um, then definitely uh, go along and check it out. I'm, I'm definitely going to come up and uh, come and have a Thanks come and have a class with you. Shout and have a as well. Role. That's awesome. Yeah, well, I mean, Brilliant. you know, that's, that's what it's all about. So, uh, thank you very much for listening, guys. As always, um, follow us White Basement Pod on Instagram. And um, if you like this episode, uh, I think number maybe seventeen, eighteen was. Um, my Shaolin guy, my uh, Muay Thai MMA guy, MMA Dojo one. So maybe you'll like that one as well. You can go and listen to that one. And the coffee podcast was number 20, which was how uh, me and Dom connected. So maybe you should go check that one out. Uh, Rob was number 15, if you want to know about uh, medical cannabis and MMS and feeling healthy. And um, we'll catch you next time. Give you the